0: RCA Columbia Pictures Hoyt's Video has developed this special gray casing and red spine for all VHS cassettes as your guarantee of first class audio and video presentation. Beta cassettes do not feature the gray case, but the exclusive Polaroid seal, as shown here, is a similar protection of your investment. If your cassettes do not have these safeguards of quality, it is likely you're viewing an inferior pirated copy. If you suspect you are in possession of a pirated video cassette, please phone the Australasian Film and Video Security Office on the toll-free number 008 251 996. Welcome to Weed Kit
1: Video. I'm Cameron Snape, and I miss video stores so much I opened one in my own home, packed with the VHS tapes of the trash cinema I grew up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week, I force my co-hosts, Kira Jade Doppitz and Bernie McDonald to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come on in, have a look around and sign up for a membership. This is Weekend Video. All business?
2: No, I don't think we had any old... No, I don't have any old business. Yeah.
3: I do not have any secret um, reviews this week, unfortunately. Oh, damn.
1: You didn't make up any secret reviews this
2: week?
3: I didn't make them up last week. <laughs> you didn't create
1: an uh, Apple account so that you could create a secret review so that Brody would have to reveal one of his
2: <laughs> No,
3: <laughs> I did not.
1: Is, is that what you did last week?
2: Are you Miss March?
3: I am not Miss March. And <laughs> I do not know who Miss March is, but I like her.
2: I'm not going to lie. I was riding on a bit of a high from that... Review for a while.
1: (laughs) (laughs) New business. Mm. New business. This week, we're questioning the very nature of classical reality and faith, taking a long, hard look in the mirror and talking about John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness from 1987.
4: one close proximity has the same dream what
0: is it a secret that can no longer be kept it started a month ago what started a change in the earth and the sky is power
3: there's a weird locking mechanism looks like it can only be open from the inside
0: a life is growing out of prebiotic fluid it's not winding down into disorder it's self-organizing it's becoming something what
2: to talk about, about this <laughs> Oh, movie. really? Yeah, yeah. This is a very different JC vibe for me. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Can a we J. C. not call him JC? <laughs> Can we please call him John Carpenter?
1: I think he should be the only JC. <laughs> okay. Well, controversial. Up front. Here we go. Making people angry yeah. right up front.
3: Liquid Satan.
1: Liquid Satan. Oh, no. Liquid Satan. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish I hadn't blew that already. Directed by John Carpenter. What's kind of fun is that this is a bookend to a period of Carpenter's career. That starts with The Fog. Huh. This is at the other end. Interesting. It's also his return to horror. He hadn't made a horror movie in a long time. but Right. It's the end of his first period of studio filmmaking.
3: Okay.
1: So after Escape from New York, which is his movie after The Fog, he then started making movies for the studios instead of making independent movies. Escape from New York was a hit, which is what got him studio movies to begin with. He makes The Thing, which is his last horror movie, which is a full massive flop. Really? I didn't know that. And reviled by both reviewers and what? audiences.
2: People hated it. Oh, my God. I don't know history about that film. I just realized people hated that movie. Wow. wow. I, thought, I
3: thought that was a hit.
1: That's fucking unbelievable. It's a massive failure. It opens on the same day as E.T. Oh. oh. Yep.
3: And that everyone might, liked E.T. It's yeah.
1: bleak. It's dark. Mm. It's has it's an ambiguous ending. A very ambiguous ending. People hated that movie. People, thought, people were upset that he had the goal to make that movie. Oh. Mm. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. that The response to that movie got him fired from Firestarter. Oh, no. no. That's why he never made Firestarter. Oh.
5: Wow.
1: Right. So he takes a job because he needs a job. Yeah. And he makes Christine an adaptation of a Stephen King novel. Okay. Show me. It's a great looking movie. It's a, it's a good movie, but it's still him just taking a job so that he's got a movie yep. right, to work on. He makes Starman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is which is real fun. I didn't know he made that. Yep. It's the odd one out in his filmography. Yeah. It's the kind of almost sentimental movie that he's yeah. made. Wow, yeah. Wow. I did not not know he had those chops. It does well, but it's not a big hit. Yeah. But, okay. it, does, but it does okay. And then he makes Big Trouble in Little China. Wow. Which is also a flop. Was it? Yes.
0: Fuck.
5: He's Nobody one of those artists that movie. who- That movie's like,
1: too weird for the year that it came out. That it, movie is a, that movie
2: is 10 years ahead of its time. Is he like one of those artists who like never really saw big success in his yeah. working life? He never really had giant commercial success. That fucking sucks, man.
1: Yeah. But all of his movies are classics. But all of his movies yeah. are absolute stone cold classics. Wow. And also he was fucking exhausted after Big Trouble in Little China. He's been on a run of making studio movies and where he just gets fucked over the, enti- the entire time. He's trying to make a movie and he's got people interfering and he's got, yeah. he makes the movie he wants to make. Ultimately, he always ends up making the movie he wants to make because he's John Carpenter. Yeah. But it's exhausting. Like it's ruining his life making those <laughs> movies. He wants more control. And so he signs a two picture deal with a tiny company called Alive Films that will let him make whatever the fuck he wants as long as it costs $3 million. Okay. $3 million each or $3 million together for the two no, films? Three no, million, $3 million a film. Oh, I was gonna, even three is it's ridiculous. Is, it's low budget. It's very low budget. But yeah. it also means that he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, dope. So he has com- complete creative control. Final cut, everything. Basically, they give him the money. He goes away. He makes the movie he wants to make. He brings it back. They sell it and distribute it. Cool. That's That's it. They don't get involved other than that. And this is the movie he chooses to make. This is the first first one of those movies, Prince of Darkness, written by Martin Quartermass. Yep. Fake name. Oh. Written by John Carpenter.
5: Oh.
2: Because <laughs> I was like, "There's our boy Quartermass in the in the credits." Well,
1: Quartermass isn't a real person. Quartermass is a fictional character. Yeah, Doctor Quartermass. Professor Quartermass. Professor Quartermass. Yeah. So it's a reference and a clue to Carpenter's influences for this movie, and a tribute to Nigel Neal, who's the creator <laughs> of Professor Quartermass and was the original screenwriter on Halloween 3. Mm-hmm. So they had worked together, although his name is not on that movie. Neal's reaction to the tribute, he was annoyed because he thought that people might associate him with the movie and think he had something to do with it. <laughs> oh, really? Remember, he, remember how, what a kind of uh, terrible anti-Irish old man he was? Right. When we talked about Halloween 3 yep, and about yeah. how they asked, they gave him some notes and he just walked away from the movie. Yeah, wow. So and I don't think he's a very agreeable man. Yeah. If he did not enjoy the tribute. <laughs>
5: crutchety old man. He was like,
1: people might think I had something to do with this. <laughs>
5: but I don't like that you did
2: that, <laughs> which is amazing. I will say, I can see why people might not like this movie.
1: Well, I'll talk a little bit about lack of cultural impact that this movie, movie has had.
5: Yeah, and cool.
2: Then,
1: and then... What's going on with it right now? Okay. Because there's actually something going on with it kind of now-ish. Exciting. Uh Yeah. At least I kind of feel there is. Maybe I'm full of shit. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Starring a massive cast because it's another Carpenter ensemble picture, but our leads... If there are leads in this movie, I'm not sure there are. There are leads two in this people movie. that I recognise in this movie. There's a lot of people in this movie. Really? Yeah, I know where you recognise one person. <laughs> yeah, in, you do. And I'll talk about <laughs> it. You can just wait, hold your water. Okay. okay. The first is uh, obviously Donald Pleasance as priest. He doesn't mm. have a name in the movie. He doesn't have a name in the credits. He's just priest. Yeah. Uh, his career is fucking wild. Do you yeah. guys know much about Donald? P- Donald he's, he's one of the only two that I recognize. Yeah, cool. So he was a theater actor when World War II broke out. He was a conscientious objector until London got bombed. And then he signed up huh. and he ended up an RAF pilot. He was shot down and ended up in a German prisoner of war camp. He was in Starlight One for the remainder well. of the war. Wow. Yeah. So dude lived a life. Imagine going from conscientious objector to prisoner of war. Yes. Fucking heavy. He returned to acting after the war, building a pretty solid career. Highlights for me, he's Blofeld in You Only Live Twice, the James Bond movie. Ah. He's who Dr. Evil is based on. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, fuck, he is Blofeld. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. He's in The Great Escape, which is a movie Mm. about escaping a World War II camp.
3: (laughs) That's Which awkward. was his
1: real experience. I know I've seen it. I can't picture it's, him in I mean, it. It's a fictional movie. It's a Steve McQueen movie. Yeah. It's the one where he jumps the fence yeah. on a motorcycle. Yeah. Is he a big actor in it? He's one of the ensemble right. in, that, in that movie. Yeah, He's in an early Australian New Wave movie called Wake in Fright, hmm. where he gives a kind of tour de force performance. He's like amazing in that. Right. He's in George Lucas's first film, THX 1138. Okay. He's, of course, Dr. Loomis in Halloween. Oh, that's right. The president in Escape from New York, sticking with Carpenter. Whoa, and then Halloween two, four, five, and six. Loomis. Yeah, and on and on and on, and he he basically never turned down a role. If you wanted I mean, him to would act, you. Well, he was just a working actor. He was yeah. also an alcoholic. Yeah, and so yeah. he was a working actor, and he wanted to work. And if you wanted to hire him to be in your movie. He would show up and he would be in your movie. He n- almost never said no to anything, which means he was in quite a few interesting movies at the end of his life. Wow, okay. Yeah. Victor Wong as Professor Burak. The man,
2: the myth, the legend. Yes.
1: Victor Grandpa. Williams. We'll. I'll get there. I told you <laughs> to fucking wait, you <laughs> son of a bitch. His first career was as a journalist. Huh. And he was also connected to the B generation. He had a art exhibition at the City Lights Bookstore. He's such a fucking cool dude. Which is like, which the which was the center point of the Beat Movement. Yeah, it's the bookstore that published Allen Ginsberg. Howl. Wow. Right. <laughs> they got. Uh, they ended up having to go to court for profanity. Yeah. Wow. They, they, yeah, because um, because there was that was a whole big deal. Um, Jack Kerouac used fictional version of him in his novel Big Sur. Oh my god, you just gave me goosebumps. Yeah, I know. It was like this is the life pit. And then he got into acting. He got into acting in the eighties. Wow. How when, old was he then? When he was in his 50s. Oh, shit. So he wasn't an actor until he was in his 50s. He's the fucking coolest dude. He also suffered from Bell's palsy, which is why part of his face is, is paralyzed.
2: Ah, oh, right. interesting. I just he, thought he
1: had, had a lazy had, eye. He'd had quite a lot of um, health problems as well. Okay. He's Egg Chan in, in Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Yep. Which is where I know him from mm-hmm. Most, mm-hmm. most definitely. He's in The Golden Child. He's the old man in The Golden Child. Oh, shit. Yeah. 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 He's in Tremors. Yeah. like so he's in like in Tremors. Like the three of my, he owns the general store in, tremor, in Tremors. Oh fuck! Okay, I don't think you've seen Tremors. I, I'm sure I have. I don't think you have. It, I think it's you think one of those
2: movies that I don't remember well,
1: but I'm sure I've sat down. And when watch. we get to it, we'll find out. Okay. And yes, Brody, he is Grandpa Nori in the Three Ninjas movies. Grandpa, I love that man so much. With <laughs> with Three Ninjas, High Noon, and Mega Mountain. <laughs> Being his final screen role in 1998. And that is, what a beautiful send-off. What a beautiful send-off to that man's career. I'm glad that you think so. (laughs) Other cast, the whole lot of them, I will talk about as they appear within the context of the movie.
2: There is one guy that I really want to talk about because he fucking swings for the fences, man.
1: Trailers. Quite a few trailers. Yeah. Kira's going to pretend that she watched them. (laughs) (laughs) A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5, The Dream Child.
0: His mother was a God-fearing woman. His birth was an unspeakable horror. not do this. There's nothing to be afraid of. His life and death have been one incredible nightmare. But now all that is going to change because Freddy wants to become... Daddy. I do want to make babies. <laughs>
3: What's wrong with me? You're just a little pregnant.
0: Even if he has to adopt.
3: Ah! Do unborn babies dreams? Any family resemblance?
0: Mm-hmm. Better not dream and drive. <laughs> ah! When it comes my to God. shows. Ah! <laughs> I want
5: to learn stuff from you.
0: It's my new look. Like it? When it comes to screams. Bon <laughs> when it comes to pure terror. The party just started! No one delivers. Kruger is back. Like Freddy. Better pop luck! Nightmare on Elm Street 5, the dream child. It's a boy!
3: Alright, Kruger. This time it's for Keep. Yay, I love this movie.
2: That was a fucking wild trailer. And you know what I think I realized from watching this trailer? You've never seen that. I don't think I've ever seen any of them <laughs> i didn't think
1: you had either i didn't think we so, have talked about the fact that you have said on the pod yeah i kind of know those movies i've seen those movies and i had said to kira i bet you he just knows who freddy is i bet you he's never seen any of i them. i
2: don't think i've ever seen any clips or anything of it i think i just know of friday the 13th right but that trailer no, no, on elm street you just <laughs> said you. friday Fuck, the 13th dickhead fucking dickhead that trailer makes me want to sit down and watch all of them. That was the most wild fucking thing ever. You have no idea. Oh I have fuck. no idea, my friend. Oh my God. Is is he your number one? Is that who you said is your number one here? In uh, terms of like the 80s
1: slasher movies. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah for, yeah for sure. I fucking right.
2: get it man. Yeah. Like he is both the perfect character what's, for horror and comedy what's hilarious
1: is that you're super into it that's one of the worst ones <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah but i think that's why i'm into it you know what i mean like i just saw the ramped up to 13 kind of thing oh yeah and it i was is. like yep i'm all about this get me in there yeah right
1: so yeah freddy freddy wants to become daddy yeah directed by stephen hopkins aussie we talked about him in on the highlander episode he was uh, the, one of the assistant i think he was assistant director in highlander we talked about very cool uh, he directed judgment night predator 2 and the very first episode of Californication.
5: Hey. That's
1: right. And yeah, it's one of the lesser nightmare movies. It's not one of the good ones. Yeah, but I it love, looks I still love ridiculous. it. Because it's
2: not
5: on street. But
1: it is at the bottom of the list. Yeah. in terms It of looks like, like a rankings. good time.
5: Like
2: whether or not it's a good movie, it looks like a good time. Dream and, and the, Warriors is the trailer awesome. was interesting. <laughs> That's what Dream you think.
5: Warriors. Yeah, I was waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: the trailer starts off like treating it like it's a serious drama. And then it reveals that it's a nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Like, which is a great way to start a trailer. Double Robert England, because he's also in the second trailer. It's Phantom of the Opera.
0: Robert England was Freddy. Now he is the Phantom. The Phantom of the Opera. An all new nightmare at its slashing best. He's not just in your mind, he's not just in your dream. This phantom can drag you back in time. Phantom of the Opera is alive and taking revenge on all those who turned him into his own worst nightmare.
4: What will I think when I see
0: you? You just... die. Yeah. Phantom of the Opera, the motion picture. Still hungry for an introduction.
3: Yeah. Is it in that? I, didn't, I, I did see that trailer. It, it, it,
2: it was all like, it basically said, Phantom with Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> the,
1: premise, the premise of the trailer is that this this isn't A Nightmare on Elm Street, but if you like Freddy, he's like Freddy in this one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Do you reckon this is like a rejected Freddy script and they no. were just like, nah, let's make this a separate no, thing? No, Robert
1: England is just the dude at that time, so right. they're trying to get him to be in other things. This was meant to be a canon film, but they had to sell it when they went into bankruptcy, so it's uh, not a canon film. Mad. And it's basically Phantom as a, as a slasher movie. It's directed by Dwight H. Little, director of Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. And Rapid Fire. Right.
3: Ah,
2: yep. this, looks, this looks like
1: another one that might not be good, but would be super fun.
2: Have you
3: seen it?
1: It's a movie I've never seen. It's something that I always wanted to see because it had Robert England in it, and yeah. I just never got around to it. So I added it to my watch list. And yeah, fuck yeah. I'm going to see if I can track it down.
3: I'm going to explode. So um, I, didn't see, I didn't watch the next one, so you guys can feel free to talk about it.
1: <laughs> An action comedy about a Merc turned cookie maker tracks...
3: Police wouldn't
0: take him. I think I want to go into cookies. The animal shelters wouldn't touch him. Maybe I could use another opinion. Thank God he's on our side. Very funny. Are you a cop? Temporarily. My cookie business is a little undercapitalized.
4: Let me try one of your
0: peppermint prune cookies, please. Introducing tracks. Decent people on one side of the room, scum on the other. All scum. He knows only one thing about the law. What would it be? Guns or fists. Sometimes it gets in the way. Fists. Fist. Yeah. Anybody got any ideas what to do about this cowboy? Kill the sucker! So, attention, all you <laughs> criminals, crooks, and bad guys. Hit the dirt. It's a tracks alert. <laughs> A new and improved, totally faceless approach to justice. What do you think of a jive cookie? I don't think anybody gonna want your jive cookies. Trags, Come back again, and you're dead. Good night. He's coming to clean up. Good night, come back again, and i kill you. Your town. Yeah, don't ever, you especially, don't ever come back real soon.
2: Yeah, this looks fucking bonkers. I'd never heard of this movie. This looks like a Coke fever dream.
1: It totally does. It had a couple of good gags in the trailer. It had our boy as the baddie again. Well, it had Robert Darby in it. Yeah. yeah. Decent people on one side of the room, scum on the other. Yeah, I love that. It was okay. That was Why are
2: all fun. of you scum? Um, then yeah. everyone runs the other
1: side yeah. of the room. That's a good gag. I it also,
2: looked like it had good gags in it. I also looked out. Look out, gonorrhea. Yeah. <laughs> are we <laughs> doing guns or are we doing fists? Guns. And then he puts his guns down and they pick up
3: their guns. <laughs> yeah. Great gag.
1: I don't want to see the movie, but I enjoyed the trailer. Yeah, same. And yeah, Robert Darby. Kier's back. (laughs) For now. (laughs) The Cobra Kai prequel, Karate Kid Part 3. The time has come
0: when a student must question.
4: I know you don't believe in fighting, but this isn't exactly fighting, you know?
0: Not exactly ping pong either. When a teacher must let go. Yeah, we always train you. But for tournament. When a conspiracy is planned. You said that if I beat this LaRusso kid in the All Valley Tournament, that you'd give me 25% of your new dojo. When a trap is set. You know how to front sweep? Uh, not really. Do you know how to sweep? Of course. All like this. then And for say? It's no joke. I need your title. You don't enter? That affects my financial future, Daniel. Get it? You think you can rely on that crane crap? Last time you weren't fighting this. Mr. Miyagi loves you. He has faith in you. This guy wants to break you, humiliate you, Knock you into the ground. Yes.
4: I'm sorry if you don't like it, but I got problems, and if you're not going to be part of the solution, don't give me a hard time about it.
0: Now, the man must make a choice, and the kid must become a man. You are going to defend. You're getting in that ring. What am I doing? First he suffers, then he suffers some more. Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita, John G. Adelson film
3: The Karate Kid Part 3. Hey.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the trailer makes this movie seem much more epic than it is. Yeah. And the score got to me. I, like, I got chills from the score. I don't think I've ever seen three. Is number two where he's in
2: Japan? Yeah. I think well, I've he's seen in that Okinawa. One.
1: It's not Japan.
2: I've seen that one,
1: I'm pretty sure. But I've seen all three of them. Every, yeah, many every many other times. Karate Kid I haven't seen. Three's the one that's not very good. Like one or two are good movies like good movies, right? They are what they are. I I think I've like seen it once, number two. And and then three is the one that's not very good. But it's still fun if you're into those movies. Yeah. Yeah. Young
2: karate the the Ralph Marchio, like number one, he he fit it because he was like the underdog, not confident. But in the rest of the movies he just seems like He should be
1: more confident and more capable, but he's he's also almost 30 when he makes Karate Kid Part 3. Shut up. Yeah, it's a whole problem. It's a massive problem. He
3: looks younger than he is, so he's cast younger.
1: So he was like 20. I am sitting here in shock. So he was like 24, 25 when he made the first one, right? No. But he looked 16, (laughs) which is why he had a career, because he looked like a child, but he wasn't a child, right? That's why. So then by the time that he makes the third movie, he's like a 30-year-old man and (laughs) like – he has, he's filled out as well. So in Karate Kid three, he's fighting in the in the All Valley Tournament for the next year. It's been one year. Oh my god! So though, so those movies he changes so dramatically. He's a little bit bigger. He's a little husky in the third movie. He's not fat, but he's a little little bit bigger in the third right. movie. They cast opposite him his love interest in that movie. They cast a girl that was like. 17. No. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's why they don't actually have a romance. They end up having a friendship. Well, so that's they changed, responsible. They,
2: that's But they changed the script
1: so that they didn't get together because Daniel was like, I'm married and have children. This is real weird. What are you, make you trying to make me do?
2: Yeah, that's- yeah, So
1: Karate Kid 3 is a weird movie, man.
2: But I will say that is surprisingly responsible
1: and good work, yeah. uh, Ralph yeah. Macchio. But Terry Silver, the villain in Karate Kid 3, is amazing. He's he's and they have brought the big, him, He's the big Cobra Kai. Bag, they have bat brought dog. him into co- yeah. into Cobra Kai. Yeah, yeah, which cool. is why I called it the prequel to Cobra Aha, Kai. It's right, oh, right. It's not really. It's yeah, amusing. Yeah, kind of. Field of Dreams. I
0: have just created something totally illogical.
4: That's what I like about. It. Yeah. Say. I hate it when that happens. Me too. Who's hearing voices?
0: Ray is. <laughs>
2: I think I know what "if you build it, he will come" means.
4: Ooh, why
0: do I not think this is such a good thing? Daddy, there's a man out there on your lawn. Are you a
5: ghost? What do you think? You look real to me. You can't
1: see it. This is really interesting.
3: You believed in the magic. It happened, isn't that enough?
2: Annie, it's more than that. I feel it as strongly as I've ever felt anything in my life. There's a
0: reason. Go the distance. Did you hear the voice too? Did you hear it? Go the distance. Yes. Our grave is dead. He died in 1972. Are you Moonlight Graham? No one's called me Won't Light Graeme in 50 years. Unbelievable. It's more than that. It's perfect.
4: You build a baseball field in the middle of nowhere and you sit here and you stare at nothing.
0: This field, this game, it's a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good. Hey, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. Kevin Costner, Amy Madigan, James Earl Jones, Ray Liotta, Burt Lancaster, sometimes, when you believe the impossible, the incredible comes true. Field of Dreams.
1: The most dad movie of all time.
3: Hey, these are all movies I've seen. Yeah. What the fuck?
2: You, I haven't seen it. What the fuck is that movie about? I know of Field of Dreams oh. and, and I know of Build It and They Will
1: Come. But like, what is, what it, is about? it about? I, I about, had that before I saw it too. It's yeah. about baseball, but it's also really about- Is it about ghosts? It's about dads. Oh. It's
3: about dads. Are about the about
2: baseball dads. players ghosts? Yeah. I, that was, I had spoilers, no idea spoilers about for that. Field of
1: Dreams. I had no idea about it's that a at all. So- Field of Dreams was a movie that I remember when it came out, right? And it was a big hit when it came out. And I remember that moment in time in in history. And when I – Kira and I watched that movie about a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, right? Kira had never seen it. And it is a weird movie for a studio That's movie. what I was thinking. It makes – not even the, the ghost thing is not even one of the weirdest things. It just makes a bunch of weird choices. Dude, and how did they Kevin get Co- Kevin, Kevin K- Costner, Ray Liotta,
2: yeah. um, James L. Jones – all in this fucking bizarre movie.
1: Because it was, I don't know, studios took risks back then. It, you know what I
2: heard um, someone echoing your point the other day about how there's no adult movies made anymore? Yeah. 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 Very interesting. So, And
1: that buys into it, the fact that studios took risks. Yeah. And Costner is like- great in that movie yeah he's so he's real weird kevin costner is a secret handsome widow
2: yeah right? and I that love movie that, man. that
1: movie leans into the widowness. okay and it's great like he is amazing in it and it is a movie that makes me cry like a fucking baby really at
2: the end. i knew it was one of my cultural blind spots but like should i watch it guys? it's a movie that like i lose my shit at
1: that movie yeah at the end it's such a kira did you dig a- it
3: i didn't cry but i'm not keen um <laughs> <laughs> yeah i liked it it was it was a good time Okay, I, I enjoyed it. I would watch
2: yeah. it again. Yeah. All right. All right. I might. I might put it on the list. Yeah.
1: It's one of those movies that, like, I call it a dad movie because it's like a, it's a movie that dads and norms love, right? Like mm. normal people love that movie. Like it's a big popular norms. Hit. Yeah. It, what I mean is that it was a p- mainstream popular yes. hit. Sure, sure, sure. And it is a really weird, bizarre movie to have been okay. a mainstream hit because Very when cool. you watch it, it just takes weird diversions and yeah. it's just is a about reason. the baseball time. Well, here's the thing. The reason that we watch Field of Dreams is because Major League Baseball holds a Field of Dreams game at the location where they shot the movie. What? And the players come out onto the field – Through the corn, like the baseball players in the movie. This is one of those moments where it's like, America's really a weird place, man. (laughs) Yeah, and it's, but it's great. It's like, like deal. the sun going down, (laughs) the sunset over Iowa with this field of corn and people playing baseball. Because it was amazing. Because America sets a lot of like
2: cultural norms because of like its media influence across the world, it's very hard to spot how weird America is. But like, this sounds like one of those things where it's like, this is quite obviously
1: showing how weird it's America great. is. Well, it's become a tourist destination, right? So yeah, the, house right. Is, the house is still there. The baseball field is still there.
5: Ooh, and so MLB okay. has
1: actually built a temporary stadium like right near, like on the next yeah, cornfield okay. over. And yeah, so they held a game this year and last year there. They're not playing They're not playing next year because they're doing some renovations so they can make it bigger for the year after. They need to add some infrastructure and stuff. It'd be funny if like
2: they had a, a like subplot about like big stadiums moving in or big businesses moving <laughs> in and why it's important to have these little stadiums. They, no, they don't. <laughs> okay.
1: Anyway, Chris Christofferson in Welcome Home.
0: 12 June 1970. You are dead, my man. He had me in a damn cage for four years. Jeremiah T. Robbins (laughs) bought it, bagged, and buried. The Vietnamese released a set of charred remains. Then I just tried to stay alive. For 13 years. For 13 years. I didn't play ball with the Vietnamese. We consider this a matter of national security. You want me to keep quiet? And before this hits the 6 o'clock news, we all better know our positions. You should also know that Sarah Robbins remarried twelve years ago.
4: It's a little bit funny. This feeling inside.
3: I saw you. I saw you with that guy.
4: You don't understand.
3: Does Dad
0: understand? No, it's not much, but it's the That's Tyler. He's your boy, Jay. I thought if I could just look at him without him knowing it not screw your life up I promised myself I would never stop loving you all I knew was that they were telling me that you were dead and I was wrong has he screwed up our lives are you a deserter what if you're a hero I guess I would have seen you on TV right I almost didn't come home Jake you haven't done anything to deserve all well, this hardship put yourself through Oh I told you all I wanted was my family back, but I was wrong. I want something more. I want me back.
1: A drama about a Vietnam soldier returning home years after his family thought he was dead. And have moved on. I'm moving on.
2: Yeah. yeah
5: Chris
1: Christofferson, Why do I know the name? He's he's Whistler in Blade. Oh, hey. yeah. He's also uh, he's also a very famous musician. Yeah. And he was an actor in lots of movies in the 70s, yep, 70s yep, yep. and 80s. He's soon, a, he was a big guy. And he's, he's great. He, I didn't know which one he was. And as soon as you say that, I understand. He's in a great Western
2: called Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, where he okay. plays Pat Garrett. And it's amazing. Speaking of Billy the Kid,
1: who is the kid in that film? Because he looks familiar. Oh, it is. Yes, it is. It is. It's the kid from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yes. the older brother from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And I don't know that actor's name, but I know that he's in that movie. Yep, 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 yep. Yes. Yep, yep. Jane Fonda, Gregory Peck, and Jimmy Smits in
4: Old Gringo. He told me I would forget the desert and what they had fought for. But how could I not remember? Was where my life began.
0: Look at how you look at us now. Now that you look at us without fear. Now I like to look at you when you look at me, Ringita. Little more than a child, I dreamt I would do things that would change the world. I would do something grand, something really grand. I know who I am. Do you? What are you doing in a country that does not belong to you? Here can't understand me or anything else around here they're fighting their war whether you and i approve of it or not it is their country
4: i was only trying to change my life they were trying to change their whole world
1: adventure picture set during the mexican revolution it looked dull as fuck yeah i love jimmy smith but also like it seemed like a super racist take i don't think it's a racist take no, no.
2: It seemed like like not necessarily a white savior movie, but like something that was like turning it's, all stereotypes it's, up to eleven. It,
1: no, I know it's definitely not a white savior movie. Okay, because I looked it up because I'd never heard of this movie, and right. I'm a fan of Gregory Peck, and okay. I'm a fan of Jimmy Smith, obviously from the West from the West Wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's yep. a man. When I looked it up, Gregory Peck is playing Ambrose Bierce. Ambrose Bierce was a journalist and, and satirist. He wrote the devil's dictionary, which is a satirical dictionary. That was a massive influence on me.
5: That's Because cool. I
1: discovered it when I was like really, really young and it's amazing. It's incredible. So okay. I have two of my favorite definitions for you.
2: Yeah. Go for <laughs> it. From shoot. The
1: devil's dictionary. Religion, a daughter of hope and fear, Explaining to ignorance the nature of the unknowable. Oh, wow. What a fucking wordsmith. That's what I'm saying. Ambrose Bierce was fucking huh, incredible. Ha, huh, that just gave me goosebumps. My favorite is language, the music with which we charm the serpents guarding another's treasure. Oh, so, that is. And the book is full of fucking them. The Devil's Dictionary is full of those. these. It must be just basically worship poetry. I should have brought it with me. I would I love to.
2: It. Check it out next time. Yeah. So
1: what's what's amazing is that the real story is that Bierce disappeared during the revolution and no one knows what happened to him. He just revolution, which the Mexican revolution, which is where this movie is set around. Oh, that makes sense. He went he went to go uh, report on it, and then he went missing. He was never seen again. Nobody knows what happened to him at all. In one of his last letters, he wrote, "Goodbye." If you hear of my being stood up against a Mexican stone wall and shot to rags, please know that I think it is a pretty good way to depart this life. Legend. It beats old age, disease, or falling down the cellar stairs. To be a gringo in Mexico, ah, that is euthanasia. Oh my God, I've, I've gotten goosebumps all over the place. So I might need to check this movie out. Yeah, wow. Because... Ambrose Beers yeah so, so
2: it's like the fictional
1: cap off to his I, life I don't know I've not seen the movie so I'm gonna have to check it out that yeah. sounds really cool yeah um, and then fuck man I don't even want to talk about the last one no <laughs> no because of one reason so Roy Schneider yes Jamie Goetz from the Lost Boys yeah and Kirk Cameron and fuck Kirk Cameron really yes the movie's called Listen to Me
0: it's about a kid from Oklahoma <laughs> bartender's daughter and the son of a wealthy senator you're a thoroughbred son you're coming out of the gate it's about a man who's going to push them to be the best they can be what would you say sorry moving on and then we got a promo for home video can you remember every movie ever made fuck dude i'm trying (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly what i thought when i saw it (laughs) refresh your memory at your local video store
1: uh, that's what we're trying to do, man. That's, that's what the whole podcast is. <laughs> that should be the trailer for this podcast. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, who's going to recap the premise of John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness? Oh, fuck. <laughs>
5: we do this every time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> somebody, just say,
1: somebody just say Liquid Satan. <laughs> yeah, has got it.
3: Liquid Satan. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. In a church. Gotta stop it.
5: Yeah,
1: that's it. That is it. That might be the best one. That is done. the best <laughs> one like ever done. Liquid Satan in a church. Gotta stop it.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: uh, that is the plot,
1: though. It is. <laughs> that's the entirety of the plot.
2: It See? Is.
3: Premise. It's not that hard. <laughs> well
1: done. The blockbuster guide to movies and videos from the year 1998, Prince of Darkness. Carpenter manages to bring few chills out of a convoluted plot about a priest, a physics professor, and his students are trying to stop the rebirth of Satan in a church basement by a canister of foul liquid. Two and a half stars. I mean... (laughs) Not wrong.
3: They're not wrong about (laughs) the plot of this movie. They're wrong
1: about the uh, rating, but we'll get into that.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, Man, I can see why people hate this movie.
1: People don't hate this movie. People just don't know about this movie. Yeah, you reckon? So Janet Maslin didn't start working in the New York Times until 1994, which you guys finally figured out last time. (laughs) So uh, Vincent Canby of the New York Times wrote, How? Someone asked in John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness did the Vatican manage to keep this secret for 2,000 years? This secret is the rele- revelation that Satan is not an abstraction, a convenient concept of evil, but a presence living on what looks like a clear plastic dispenser of aerated lime-flavored Kool-Aid found in a basement chapel of an abandoned Los Angeles church. Spoilers, I would be fucking furious if I read that review. Yeah. That's the first paragraph of that review. If I read that review in 1987, I'm like, fuck, man, why, what are you doing? Yeah. I don't like spoilers in- I mean, but how else do you talk about this film? And I say that even though I blew Liquid Satan on the pod two weeks ago. But
2: like, literally, how else do you talk about this film? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Prince of Darkness, which opens today, is a surprisingly cheesy horror film to come from Mr. Carpenter, a director whose work is usually far more efficient and inventive. Martin Quartermass, whose first screenplay this is, overloads the dialogue with scientific references (laughs) and is stingy with the surprises. You dumb fuck. You don't know that that's John Carpenter. You may well suspect things are not going to go well when the movie spends its first 15 minutes intercutting between the opening credits and scenes introducing the characters. Also, it's not 15 minutes. We'll talk about that. None of the performances are super, although Alice Cooper, the one-time rock star- Alice Cooper! Makes an arresting cameo appearance as a mean-spirited zombie who stands outside the church, intimidating anybody who
2: hits Holy the fuck! You didn't know I saw Alice Cooper in the credits, and I was like, Alice Cooper's in this fucking movie? And I looked him in the face several times, but because he didn't have his fucking eye makeup on, <laughs> I had no idea. Are you Are
1: expecting him to rock into this movie with I'm, his eye makeup on? I'm sure Ellie
2: should have spotted him. Ellie, like, watched this in parts as well, and I don't know if she saw the zombie, but, like, holy fuck. Wow. Yep. I didn't, is he shorter than I think he is? Yes. <laughs> wow. He wears lifts. Okay.
3: <laughs> I noticed him.
2: do <laughs> yeah. As soon as you say that, though, that's 100% him. That's, wow, I can't believe I did that. I don't yeah. think
3: he's a zombie.
2: They're, he's not, a homeless they're not zombies. No. They're, they're definitely not zombies. No. Yeah, they're, but they're, they're alive uh,
3: human beings.
2: Yeah. yeah.
5: They're,
1: they're esque.
3: They're zombified. They're yeah.
1: influenced. Yeah. Okay. My backstory with this movie? I thought I'd seen this movie. <laughs> what? No, no, no. It's not. Okay. Not. Okay. This is not my first watch. Okay. I thought I'd seen this movie. But as it turns out, I had conflated it with another John Carpenter movie called In the Mouth of Madness. Okay. I don't know somewhere in my brain those two things got got messed up. So I thought I had seen this movie, but it was actually a black hole in my love of John Carpenter mm. until 2020. All right. right, I saw this movie for the first time in 2020. Okay, yeah, it's fresh for me, and it is quickly skyrocketed up my list of Carpenter movies. I can sense so that. What I have noticed online. Is that over the past few years, even since I have rediscovered it, is that this is a movie that I think a lot of people either hadn't seen or saw when it came out and then never revisited it. Mm. And I'm starting to see it be reappreciated. So I think that this is a movie that is like an underrated John Carpenter classic that is rising in the, much like Halloween 3, but for different reasons is rising within the public consciousness. So I think it's a movie that has kind of finally started to find its audience. I think I should I should probably put a disclaimer here
2: that I had a lot of fun with this movie and I really liked it. But there are flaws with, the, with this movie as well, I feel. And I would, I'm would really i really mean, interested no movies, to see- No movie's perfect. Yeah, but I'm really interested to see how you take the things that I think are flaws because right. I'm not sure if they're flaws or I just didn't appreciate them. And I, maybe I think it's the mindset that I that I sat down and watched this movie in because I was following it with the fog and I love JC, jo- John Carpenter, I'll stop doing it. But yeah, and, I, and because it's a little bit longer, I felt bits drag. So I'm really, I loved this movie, but I did feel bits
1: hit a bit weird. I've heard other people say they think it's a slow burn. Yeah. And I do not think it is. Okay. I have a, I have a take. Yeah, yeah, I'm really interested to hear. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it because we're about to kind of get through it. So this movie is uh, kind of out and about. There's a, I mean, there's a 4K Blu-ray. I bought the 4K so that I could watch this movie and listen to commentaries, which is where some of my information comes from. I found the commentary a little bit disappointing. Okay. The commentary is John Carpenter and one of the actors in this movie, and the actor in this movie is actually really distracting because they talk about everything but what's happening in the movie. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of annoying. My information is a little less detailed than it was on the on the fog, mm-hmm. but, but I still got plenty plenty to talk about. So, yeah, there's a 4K of this that you can find pretty pretty easily. Uh, you can rent it in HD in, in all the usual places that you can rent it in HD. Let's talk our way through Prince of Darkness. John yes, Carpenter's please. Prince of Darkness. We're open on a full moon, as in a sparse. Room, an old man, Father Colton, as we'll find out later, is holding a small silver chest as he breathes out his last breath.
2: It was a real good mood setter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. On a university campus, this is John Carpenter's alma mater. This is USC. This is where he went to film school. Dope. We meet not Tom Atkins, Jamison Parker as Brian Marsh (laughs) as he creeps on. Catherine Danforth played by Lisa Blunt. He was so fucking creepy. Neither of them. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about. Okay. What a dead spot he is in this movie. Okay. But yeah, I agree. If you have if one of your problems with this movie is him, I think there's enough going on around it that, that, I honestly think one of the biggest problems with this is kind of the two leads, right. if you can call them that. Neither Jamison Parker or Lisa Blunt had careers that would be interesting to us other than sure. this movie. They didn't really continue to be in any other of these types of movies, neither of them are in any other carpenter work. So, yeah, Nun tells Priest that she found Carlton this morning and he asked why he was here and he had an appointment with the cardinal. Priest then spends a little bit of time reading Carlton's journal and the important text that we see is the sleeper awakens. Mm. And then back on the campus, we meet Professor Burak as he's walking into a building and he notices that there's something wrong with the sky. The sun and the moon are in conjunction with each other. Do the first of many kind of tilt downs to nature being weird, we see some ants that are going nuts. Mm,
5: so they were great. Ants.
1: I
2: wish they were in it more. The more ants. ants. Yeah, because like the bugs kind of work up a
1: little bit, but the ants like... They were so creepy. Yeah. There's something Such wrong. Such a good effect. There's something wrong with the world. Nature knows Don't something's up. Yeah. yeah. Priest talks with some other priests about the silver box, and he opens it to reveal that it holds an old key. And then in class, with most of the rest of the cast, like almost everybody's yeah. in the scene, I'm going to kind of talk about them as they kind of like emerge and have, have scenes and moments, but most of the rest of the, cl- the cast is in this scene. Burak talks about quantum physics and beliefs.
4: We believe. Nature is solid and time a constant. Matter has substance and time a direction. There is truth in flesh uh, and the solid brown. The wind may be visible, but it's real. Smoke, fire, water, light. They're different, not as to stone or steel, but they're tangible. And we assume time has narrowed because it is as a clock. One second is one second for everyone. Cause precedes effect. Fruit rots. Water flows downstream. We're born, we age, we die. The reverse never happens. None of this is truth. Say goodbye to classical reality because our logic collapses on the subatomic level into ghosts and shadows.
2: I could fucking listen to him talk about anything forever. Yeah. First of all, that is that is some great dialogue. Yeah. But he My just delivers it. <laughs> yeah. But he delivers it in such a way where it's like he's not making a meal of it, but just the, the gravitas almost of him is really nice. Yeah,
1: I mean, he's great. Yeah. Victor Wong is always awesome. Yeah. He's usually a little bit more comedic, but in this he's, playing yeah. he's, he's going to play The Straight Man. Yeah. And he's still really great. still really good. He sells a lot of stuff. Like both him and Donald Pleasant's have to sell a lot of bullshit in this movie. Yeah. And they both sell the hell out of it. Fucking oath. Yeah, yeah, well well said. So at St. Goddard's, which is, yes, the same church from Shodown, Little Tokyo, mm-hmm. about that girl who comes in two parts now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> later there'll be another girl that comes in two parts. Uh, the credits are still running, and we see a name in the credits that is interesting to people that know about John Carpenter. The script supervisor was Sandy King. Three years later in 1990, John Carpenter would marry her. uh mm-hmm. ah. And they're still together, they're still married and still together. Right. And Sandy King nice. would end up producing most of John's, the rest of John's filmography and currently runs Storm King Comics that publishes John Carpenter branded comic books. What? Like Tales from a Halloween Night, Night Terrors and Tales of Science Fiction. What? Yeah. What a
2: legend. John, I didn't know that happened. John Carpenter
1: has his own kind of like EC Comics brand. That's dope. Yeah where he Fuck releases like tales people. and stuff. He doesn't write any of them. It's oh, It's just really? got his name it's on just it. Got, it's just John Carpenter's.
2: It's almost like the Cthulhu Mythos. It's like if you, if it's John uh, John Carpenter brand
1: uh a style and yeah, yeah. it goes in the in the totally. comic book. Yeah. I love that. There was a period of time in the 90s where where West Craven let the Weinsteins, unfortunately. Mm. He let them put his name on a bunch of movies. So it was like Wes Craven presents. <laughs> Really, right? So they're Wes Craven branded movies to get people to go watch them. But so Wes if Craven he read has, a
2: script and goes, "Oh, this is cool," yeah, nothing to do with
1: them. Oh, they just literally just put his name. But so they uh, would let him do what he wanted to do. That was, how, I think, that was how, may have been how this might be apocryphal. This might not be true. How he convinced them to let him make music from the heart, which is like his one non-horror movie. Right? Yeah. Maybe. That could be wrong. I should double check myself and I'll just cut that if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um,
2: You can do all business, games. I'll
1: do... No, I don't need to do all business. i just cut stuff out. Marsh continues creeping on Catherine. He watches her at nighttime walk into a building and then waits leaning against a tree for her to come back out. What the fuck, man? And then he's disappointed when she exits with another man. But, like, what is... What is this in the movie? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck Carpenter is doing with this stuff. I don't think there's much... There. Else to it, yeah. I think what's on screen is what it is. So maybe the actors. The, I think it's a no. I think it's of the, it's the screenplay. I think it's of the time, oh. and I think that when we look at it now, we go, "He's creeping on her," and I don't think that John Carpenter thinks that that's what he's doing. Oh, right, a time thing. That's interesting. I think it's a time. I think it's a time thing. Okay. Now I'm not saying it's not. It, it's not. It wasn't creepy back then, but I'm saying I don't think John Carpenter did in 1987 right so i think we're looking at it and going why would you make that choice when for john carpenter it was just a guy looking a guy looking looking, looking looking at a woman okay interesting yeah priest ends up writing a letter to burak and we see a nun in full habit deliver it to him after class walter dennis dunn from big trouble in little china
0: no horseshit jack
1: no horseshit. He asks Marsh what's going on. Marsh is wearing a school jumper from Neil University. <laughs> Nigel Neal, the creator of oh. Professor
2: Quantum.
1: <laughs> we learned that Burak did a series of debates on the BBC a few years ago with an English priest. Yeah. And then priest and Burak meet to and talk. Priest tells Burak that he needs his help with something. And then the credits end. Mm. Yeah, the credits
3: do go a long time, really.
1: 10 minutes, 42 seconds.
3: I... I really? like that there's not a lot of dialogue in these first few scenes. Yeah. That it's that like there's a lot it. of setup. Yeah, but it's like visual setup where, like, like, even when they're talking to each other, they, you can't hear what they're saying.
2: I love it. There's, there's an inbuilt mystery almost to what's going on. Yeah. You, you, throughout these just little
1: flashes, you go, what's going on here? Yeah. 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 I will spoil a piece of my take. Okay. There are things that don't work about this movie. Yes. Yeah. The relationship doesn't work. There are like none of the characters really stand out. Yeah. It's an ensemble movie. Yeah. I think it's all deliberate because I don't think Carpenter gives a fuck about any of it. I don't think he cares about Hmm. necessarily cares about the people in this story very much. Yeah. He cares about the story he's telling. You could have this story with essentially two people and
2: then all and
1: no one else really needs to be there yeah so I don't think that he as a director is particularly interested in us getting to know these people as people yeah. he's getting he's interested in using them as delivery mechanisms for all the ideas he has It's an interesting it's an interesting way to do a movie and I think that the technique he applies and the way that this movie moves, supersedes all that stuff that you would say doesn't work in a traditional filmmaking sense for me. Mm. So – Because you're right – Everything about what you just said, I noticed 100%. And I was
2: like, I don't care about these people at all. But I still really love. the I think this movie movie is
1: is thrilling. And I think it's 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 thrilling because it's weird and it makes strange choices. And it's so self-contained. And I think that this movie isn't a slow burn. I think this movie is a roller coaster. I think we spend a lot of time going up the first hill. And then once we get to the top of the first hill... Where on a roller coaster but the ride, the first hill is long. And the first hill is long. Yeah. But okay. We well, to I, I think fir- we're in agreement. Once we get then. to the top of the first hill, it's a fucking ride until yeah. the end of the movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Marsh is playing solitaire and loses with one <laughs> card left, <laughs> which is like, how bad are you at this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we see a story on it. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even notice. Yeah, that. I
3: didn't notice anything.
1: It <laughs> makes me laugh every time because it doesn't. It's just like. Yeah, he has this moment where he goes, damn. (laughs) You have one card in your hand. Fuck. He watches TV. He turns up the TV and there's a story about a recently discovered supernova that's light is just reaching Earth. Love that. And then we see on the back of Marsha's TV that it's covered with swarming ants.
2: Yeah. Now, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. This point is where I like already, like I was fully into this movie. I had to consciously make notes Because the whole time, because it is such a mystery and the slow burn, or as you describe it, the the creep to the top of the first roller coaster
1: hill, I was fully just like, what is going on the whole time? I need to watch everything. And he does the same thing that we talked about in Halloween 3, which is great, is that we're on the exact same page of the characters. We're never ahead Mm. of the characters. Yeah, yeah well, the, and which I think is a technique that not enough people do now.
2: Another thing from Halloween Three: there's so many unexplained things that let you just chew on in that, your mind that are
1: just about atmosphere. Yeah, like the answer never explained. Yeah, like nobody ever says, "Hey, the world's going wrong." And it's it, just that things are strange. It
2: doesn't enrich the movie whatsoever, and that's something I think that, it does enrich the movie. No, no, no. The answers wouldn't enrich the that movie. That's correct. Yes, yes. But it's funny that you don't really get that these days. You. you it feels like movies that are, you need answers mm. to everything. If it's going to be dropped, then people are going to slam it for not having, for not having answers. Yeah. yeah. But it does really build the I atmosphere. Think you
1: need answers sometimes. I yeah. really just think that a movie can play on its atmosphere and its ideas. Halloween and this movie prove it. Mm. Yeah. A limo drops off priest and burak at St. Goddard's and the neighborhood and the church are fairly run down. This is in little Tokyo. And mm. it's just literally around the corner from the street that they shot all of Showdown Little Tokyo on. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> just around. It's literally, I looked at it, it's like around the block. Yeah. We get this amazing wide-angle low shot of Priest and Burak standing on the sidewalk, and they are tiny in the frame compared yeah. to the imposing size of the church. Yeah. yeah. And it's just Carpenter in, like, full control of, like, a visual frame. Like, it's just gorgeous because – He's telling you everything. That's a good pull. You know what? This movie is not one that I
2: noticed the film the, the cinematography. I think Carpenter, it's one of
1: Carpenter's best made movies.
2: It it it's real funny because as soon as you pointed out that
1: shot, I was like, I actually didn't take note of any of the shots at all. I think he's firing on all cylinders and I think he's in absolute control with wow. what he's doing for every frame. Okay. Okay. Yeah, like the, I, that's how highly I rate this movie. This movie. Cool, man. Yeah. Okay. So I, I hope
2: you you talk about it more because I didn't make any notes about it.
1: The church is two different locations. So the outside of the church, they do use some of the internal parts of the church. They use kind of like the stairs and there's the chapel which they set up as their main lab. Yeah. That is the actual ch- the actual church. It is now used as a as a theater. Oh, State, cool. Stage theatre. Nice. That church is still in use That's awesome. by the Asian community. They have a theatre group that round, runs and manages that church. And That's that mad. part where the lab is, is where the actual theatre is now. Dope. Yeah. Cool. The long hallway, right, that has the door that leads yeah. downstairs. And all of down, the downstairs area, the secret chapel, is a real place set decorated. Right. And it was shot in an abandoned resort. Yes. <laughs> in the ballroom of an abandoned resort down in Long Beach that Fox, has yeah. long been demolished. More things should be filmed Random. in abandoned places. Yeah. <laughs> in, once they get inside the church, Priest does some exposition for us.
4: He was the guardian priest. Apparently he lived here for over 30 years. Once a week he would venture out for food. And every day he opened this door.
1: They open the big seal door and they go downstairs and there's another church underneath this church I that dates what back doing every day. Yeah, to the Spanish in the 1500s. And the only people that knew it there were the Brotherhood of Sleep who kept a vow of silence. Oh my God. Not even the Holy See and the Vatican knew it was there. And they passed on the guardianship from one priest to another in the, in the sect over who knows how long. That's such good law. Yeah. And then they walk into the room where there is an ancient canister of swirling green liquid, surrounded by candles and crosses. Actual liquid, as we'll find out, liquid Satan.
3: It's a liquid Satan. So I
1: loved this. The set. design is it's amazing. So good. The design of the canister is incredible. The liquid inside it swirling Can is, I just inc- say is incredible. The choice of green. Great choice, yeah. not red. It was so nice. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's amazing. It's so cool. Mm. Yeah, I love the shit out of it. Priest shows Burak a massive book that's sitting nearby near the canister, and it's filled with different languages: Latin, Coptic, Greek, numbers, and it's been rewritten over and over again for centuries. Like they were rewriting it in whatever language mm. of the time, I and there have also detail. parts of it have been erased. I love that detail because, and it's it's never it's
2: never explained again, but it's a detail of oh, we're writing over and over the same text so it's like hard to decipher but then there's parts that have been erased and it's like what has been erased? The part where you can like break him out or put him away. What has (laughs) been erased? You know, there's just so much that could be going on just in this
1: book alone and there's other details of like the ancient science. Oh, I love it all. Yeah. What is it? A secret that can no longer be kept. Do you feel it? It started a month ago, a change in the earth and the sky, Mm. his power. Now, we don't know what it is yet, but we know what it is, Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys, when I said to you liquid Satan, did you expect that? There was actual liquid Satan in this movie. I, <laughs> did,
3: I did. I didn't expect it to. I didn't expect it to be in a canister.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a puddle or something like uh, that yeah. of like blackness. I didn't expect or like TMT like TMT g- yeah. like green ooze <laughs> like a gelatinous cube. Yeah, of yeah. Satan. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a concept movie almost, where it's like all that's important is the ideas that are in this. Yeah, yeah. It's carpenter. It's Carpenter just doing whatever he wanted for three mil doing whatever
1: all the things that are in his brain he's linking all the stuff that's in his brain at the moment that is interesting to him Mm. and formulating a story about it Yeah, and that's what's great that's what's great about it and also the execution is is fantastic like the execution is amazing and it's out there it's okay the concept of this movie is silly as fuck Yeah, but the movie believes it the movie movie, Carpenter does this thing Carpenter makes high concept movies that are silly Mm. the idea of the thing is kind of silly yeah for sure the idea of the fog is fucking silly some of the effects Silly, silly but it works in the movie but he treats the material with respect like and like it is mm. real and yeah. therefore you accept it if he was winking at the camera and going yeah i know this is fucking stupid you wouldn't you wouldn't so buy into true. It, but he treats it with respect and you as an audience you're like I'm fucking in. Yeah, right? and you, yeah. you're either you either in or you're out. Like, I know some people watch this movie and go, "Fucking stupid movie." I know some people watch the
2: thing and are like that.
1: Yeah. So, but if you if you buy into this movie, you're going to have a great time yeah. because it's 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 totally Carpenter in his wheelhouse, having fun yeah. playing with all the things that are exciting him. But
2: yeah, I did not see the actual green tube liquid coming in a,
3: in a canister in the middle of a church.
2: But can I say when I saw that, I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. And then with the like. The ancient science that comes into it later, I'm like, oh, I'm all
1: about this. Also, this is such a cool concept. Also, a carpenter's score, because again, it's a carpenter's score is fant- with the choral voices, is fantastic. So back on campus, Walter and Catherine debate Schrodinger's cat because he doesn't get it. Surely this is something you would have understood by the time you're a PhD candidate, but we'll you not would worry about so. that. hope so. Yeah. They show up for a class and it's cancelled. There's a note on the door for all of the quantum physics students to meet Burak at four o'clock and to clear their weekends for a special project. And here we briefly meet Chekhov's Kelly and Mullins, <laughs> who will be with us for the ride. Some biologists and some language people also joining them. Walter's really pissed because he had plans. <laughs>
5: yeah. As we'll
1: what find plans find he have? We'll find out later. <laughs> Everyone kind of walks off and then March takes the opportunity to introduce himself to Catherine. He knows who she is. They chat about why they're both taking Burek's class. He's ruthless. He wants philosophers, not scientists. She's a scientist that wants things to fit into a box. So she finds Burek's class really challenging. He's a theorist and wonders why... People that look like her never never settled down in his part of the building. Ugh. She's weeded out by his sexism, <laughs> as he should, as she should be. And he is the anti Atkins of this movie and has zero charm. Yeah, he's like yeah. if you stole Tom Atkins' mustache and didn't understand its great power and responsibility. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, because he has Tom Atkins' mustache. He has a disgusting use of it, though. Yeah, confirmed sexist and proud of it. Oh, he was only joking. And oh, then, that makes it better. And then he says to her, I don't get it. You talk numbers and you get romantic. You talk people and you clam up. And then she apologizes. She apologizes. It's a miscue. Oh. And then they flirt more. Yeah. So my notes here, even with all the crazy shit in this movie, this is the only thing to me that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I don't think he's thinking about it beyond what's on the surface. I feel like this is John Carpenter,
2: like putting up a sign in the movie going, I don't care about these people, so neither should you. Yeah. <laughs> because he is a dick, he is a creep, he is a creepy dick. Yeah. Um. And she has her flaws, but like she does not deserve him. Kira, what did you have to say? I
3: mean, I agree. I didn't. Uh, the the whenever anyone says sexist and proud of it, even if it's a joke, it's not funny. Yeah. It's no, like, a swift you headbutt. Can't, you yeah. can't. You can't say that. Only sexist people say that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah.
2: Yeah. Yep. It was. It was. Disgusting. Here, it's just dying. Silent I don't dying. think yeah. gonna make
5: it.
0: Your cable TV is experiencing difficulties. Please do not panic. Resist the temptation to read or talk to loved ones. Do not attempt sexual relations, as years of TV radiation have left your genitals withered and useless. Well, I'll be damned.
1: Technical difficulties business? Is this about me? This is about you. (laughs) We had to abandon the podcast last week. We abandoned ship. Mm. Because Kira Mm. attempted to cough up
3: her lungs. I did. I did. I did. They don't recommend that. No, it's not good and it's not helpful on a podcast because nobody likes hearing that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So if you're wondering why things sound significantly different and we're very confused about what happened and we start repeating ourselves. This is why.
3: And also why I sound significantly different because I am feeling much better today. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So this is our second attempt at the podcast. We're just going to pick up from where we were. I will have done a musical thing. It'll be a whole fucking deal.
3: Alice Cooper's in this movie. Yes, you
1: remembered that Alice (laughs) Cooper is in the movie. That's fantastic. So where we left off, which for you, dear listener, was only seconds ago, is, (laughs) but for us was a fucking lifetime, was that everybody was meeting with Professor Burak at four o'clock. So that he can tell them that he needs them to participate in a special experiment over the weekend. Is this the note on the door? No, we're past that. Oh, that this is going to be a bad part. That, oh, that fuck. happened. That happened pages ago, Brody. Right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Chicken, this is awesome. You guys are going to fucking remember what happened in this movie from here on out. I know my next note. <laughs> okay, so he tells them by participating in this examination, they'll greatly improve their classroom averages. That they need to expect to be taking their meals and sleeping where they'll be doing the experiments, and that other departments from the university will be joining. Will be joining them for mm. the experiment.
3: When he says taking their meals, does that mean he is expecting them to bring their meals with them? Or know. that they will, there will be catering provided.
1: I get the impression that catering is provided.
5: Yeah, because it's a
3: bit mean to be like, I'm taking you guys for the weekend and also pack all the food because I'm not providing food. In yeah. these situations, it's polite society to <laughs> provide Cater. food, yeah, Supply and water.
2: I think he means like you're your doing hostages. it here. You're sleeping. Your hosti- and you're eating here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they I mean he did, like
3: they, they did supply. He did, does supply supply uh cots. Yeah, for the sleeping. Mm-hmm. So he, potentially there is catering.
1: Yeah, I mean instantly, Kira's energy is way off the charts and way off the charts in a direction that is completely unexpected. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking She's about? <laughs> She's the <got laughs> fucking <it's> left right <laughs> and today. Catering. We're talking about catering.
3: <laughs> he <laughs> said that they have to take their meals. I just wanted to know okay. if it was catered.
1: Burak, I'm gonna sorry, I'm gonna burn you. Burak arrives at the church.
3: <laughs> <laughs> He's cutting me out of the podcast. <laughs> wait. wait, wait.
2: Right. Is this a thing that professors can do to their like students? They can just be like, "You're here, or you're fucking failing." This no, class. well,
3: he didn't not say saying that. He's failing. Yeah, he he's didn't say that they're going to get bad grades if they don't do it. He said they're going to get good grades It'll if they do. do It'll improve because
1: it's like extracurricular, uh, right?
2: Extra
3: but it, is,
1: it feels like it is volunteer. Yeah,
2: it's just that you know, the classroom is closed
1: unless you're where I physically am. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, it's going to be the weekend. Like, yeah. it's not. It's happening over the weekend. There's no classes on the weekend. Yeah, who, like, like wouldn't I've heard take like, a,
3: who wouldn't take a percentage bump on their just to, if, if all I have to do is look at well, Liquid Satan for the weekend. Oh, I mean, goodness. I wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I, mean, they I don't know about the Liquid Satan When you yet. add the Liquid Satan in, I definitely
5: wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, okay. Pierrick arrives at the church and watches as a street person with ants all over their face is saluting the sky. Is that Ant Lady? Creepy. That's Ant Lady, Ant yeah.
2: Lady's cool, man. So creepy. Such a nice detail. Are they real ants?
1: Yes. There was a bug wrangler that really? wrangled all the bugs. That's all the funny. bugs are real. Yes, and Fuck that is yeah! Definitely a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't write down the name of Ant Lady, as we are now calling yeah. her, but she is actually a casting director. She's, huh. I don't know. She's a casting director on this movie, but she's a casting director that Carpenter had worked with, and I didn't write down her name. Huh? They're big fucking ants, by the way.
2: I am
3: mm-hmm. not in general generally scared of ants, but I definitely don't like the concept of ants being on me,
2: especially on your face,
3: on any part of me.
2: And, like, big ones who, because like, definitely if they bit you would fuck you up. It's just not a nice... Have you ever been bitten by a big fucked up ant? Yeah. We have no. so many in this country and I've been do. bitten by so many of oh them. Oh, yeah. my entire very Yeah.
3: <sighs> i yeah. fought many
1: wars against the ants in my backyard. <laughs> yeah. And marshaled their forces against me. Yeah. Oh,
3: dear.
1: I was a small boy. Priest and Burak debate... It's he his, doesn't
3: seem to be impressed well with our energy levels. <laughs> I like your
1: energy levels on the tangents, <laughs>
5: this
3: a
1: distraction City. It's his disbelief that powers him. It allows his deception. He lives in the smallest parts of it, in the atoms. This is Donald Pleasance. He's fucking great. In this yeah. movie. I actually think he's like legitimately really good in this movie. And
2: the dialogue or the like philosophical chat is just like on point with those two.
1: Yeah, it, those two are just killing the whole movie. Yeah, Pleasance or Priest thinks that they need to translate the book and tell the outside world and Burek says the outside world doesn't want to hear about this bullshit.
4: We must translate this book. You must prove it scientifically. Convince the outside world. The outside world doesn't want to hear this kind of bullshit. Just keep it locked away. You've already managed that for 2,000 years. No prison can hold him now.
1: Marsh and Catherine hook up. Yep. After their awkward flirting. Yeah. Yep.
3: Yep. For note that that relationship hasn't progressed beyond I'm sexist. Yeah. And yet now they are together.
1: He gets up and then kind of basks in the glow of the weird acting sun, yeah. which is a matte painting. Mm-hmm. And then he sure. wakes her up with coffee and he kind of wants to go again. He tells her that he wants to tell her something and she's like, chill dude yeah <laughs> like relax because they've known each other for how long like maybe six hours and there's this whole bit here where he says basically he implies that he's gonna tell her he loves yeah. her yeah and F- she's like uh,
5: no, she should no, no,
1: run no, 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 man no, 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 no like wait because if it's not real then i then i'll be heartbroken or whatever yeah and you gotta wait you gotta wait and it's like fuck man like seriously i mean alice fucking cooper <laughs>
3: yay
1: As the street schizo, which is what he's credited as, Mm. wanders out of an alleyway with a large group of street people and they watch as a white van full of scientists rolls up to the church and they start unloading themselves and equipment. So how did Alice Cooper
3: end up in this? Yeah, that that question as well as how... How Alice Cooper is Alice Cooper at this point in time? He's
1: very Alice Cooper. He's the most Alice Cooper. Oh, they're so? a ramp up of Alice well, Cooper? Well, in terms there? of
3: like, I was just wondering, like he's how he's been
1: around since the seventies. Yeah, but he's he's huh. like still doing. Is he massive still at like, stage his, shows. Is yeah, he's he's still, still height
3: of Alice Cooper fandom?
1: Yeah, I guess if you're in, if you're a, if you're a Cooper head.
3: So is, is that a what they head. call
1: themselves? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they call themselves. Brides of Cooper. Um, Brides of Cooper is good. Yeah,
5: thank you. I, I thought <laughs> that was good. That's
1: pretty good. Is so is this just a cameo? No, it's kind of well, it's an extended cameo. So Shep Gordon, who's the producer of this movie, one of the executive producers of this Shep. movie. Shep, that's yep, a good name. Is Alice Cooper's manager. Oh. And apparently it was meant to be a smaller part. They were just gonna like stick him in with the street people, and then Carpenter is like well, it's Alice Cooper, let's give him a close-up. Yeah, Yeah. And then he became their kind of leader and ended up coming for multiple days to go and do a bunch of stuff.
2: Because he fucking sells the creepiness. Like... He's great. The homeless zombies are creepy, but, like, with Alice Cooper at the front being all gaunt and fucked up really does kind of sell it. They're, They're menacing a little bit more. Yeah,
3: he gives them a bit more of a personality of, like, that they're not just zombies that they're yeah. scary they're menacing yeah yeah, yeah there's a, i mean he's got he gets, that cult leader feel
1: yeah <laughs> oh yeah totally yeah and around the back of the building we see several kind of large u-haul vans and more scientists bringing gears through the back entrance there's a big lot at the back which will obviously play a part as the movie kind of moves on we see everybody kind of setting up and meeting each other where well, there's lots of characters right and i'm going to try to keep it as clear as clear yep. as possible but also it's been more than a week <laughs> because of our technical difficulties. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you don't remember who anyone is, just fucking tell me and I'll tell you who people are. The women, Catherine, Kelly, Lisa, and Susan, move their stuff into a room that's set up with cots and are not thrilled that this is the sleeping circumstances. And then Carpenter future alumni, Peter Jason, this is his first John Carpenter movie, as Leahy comes in looking for Burak, He's in Streets of Fire, Karate Kid. He's Feta Chuck in Alienation. He's in They Live, another company movie. Yeah. Hunt for Red October, Arachnophobia, Marked for Death, In the Mouth of Madness, Village of the Damned, Congo, Mortal Kombat, Escape from New York, Dante's Peak, Ghosts yeah. of Mars, Willow Creek, every fucking TV show that you can possibly imagine from the 80s and 90s, and Deadwood.
3: Yeah. Usually small characters. Yeah,
1: he's a he's a character. He's actor. Always got he's words a and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah but he's he doesn't he's not got a star. Words. He's always got words. Yeah. <laughs> he's always got words in his face, <laughs> setting up and sexually harassing Susan, radiologist. are uh, Wyndham and Etchison. Etchison is only there for the setup. He's the guy with glasses. Yeah. Walter bitches to March about the hot date he had to miss, <laughs> and March's response is, "Where were you taking him?" <laughs> So dumb
2: and so, so of the time.
1: Stupid. Yeah, so dumb. Marsh is watching the street people, watching them, and then more scientists. Wyndham, biochemistry, Calder, microbiology, and Lomax, engineering, all join them. Lomax tells them that they the street people started coming around as soon as he had got there in the morning. And then he asks somebody asks, so anybody know what this whole deal is about? because nobody knows what the fuck is happening yet. Yeah. And nope, nobody's got a clue. Lisa starts translating the book, inputting the text from the book into a, into a computer. She's a theology student getting her doctorate, doctorate in ancient scriptures, and this shouldn't be too difficult for her except for the numbers. <laughs> Alice Cooper is lurking. He watches as a priest arrives and is accosted by a woman, the, the ant woman Yeah, who kisses him on the hand while holding a can of swirling worms and telling him that it's wonderful what he's doing for the church. Yeah. Which that was creepy as fuck. So creepy. You know what I love? I love the cut. How do you mean? The scene doesn't end. They just cut two priests standing inside the foyer, having been rescued by Burak with- Priest looking at his hand and going, "Oh, yeah. that felt not cool." I thought that was going to come back, like she put an ant on him or something. Yeah, yeah. Burek but asks him if he, if they're, if he's all right, and then tells him that they're kind of that they're ready. I just love that cut. Like yeah. you don't bother ending the scene showing how he gets out of that situation. You just go to the emotion of him being creeped out by that by that encounter. Yeah, it's just a choice, right? Like it's just a really strong choice. And I I fully get that, like he's a priest that should be
2: comfortable dealing with homeless people. And like in his mind, the bugs might not be anything supernatural and could just be a homeless thing.
1: I think he knows what's up.
2: Yeah. But that's the thing. But like, he can't verbalize it. It's like when they're all looking at the fucking homeless people across the road, just like staring at them. Mm. They know something's up, but you can't verbalize anything because at that point
3: you don't have the information,
2: you can't like make that logical leap. But like at the same time, how is no one saying anything about it to each other, <laughs> you know?
1: Well they kind of have a chat about the the, the Later. street people. Yeah. Well they no, I mean the, the all those male scientists have already kind of pointed out that hey, these people are just watching us. That just happened just happened. Oh yeah, when they're unloading the vans, true. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Uh well, as people are kind of coming up the stairs. Everybody makes their way downstairs with flashlights and here we go. Here we go. And they gather around and stare at the cylinder. It's like what's that mm-hmm. So you bit... You're just going to. say. He's gaining strength. I can feel it all around us now. And then upstairs, Lisa and Catherine, who have not seen Liquid Satan, are inputting the text and numbers into the computer. And Catherine notices a mass of worms crawling up a window. How good is it? Creepy. It's got to be reversed, right?
3: I mean, worms Actually, can climb up.
2: Yeah, but like to get them to climb up, it would have I had think to be just
1: stuck against it somehow. I don't know because they because they are moving up. Yeah, they're crawling. They're yeah. crawling up. It could yeah. have been reverse. It could also be we're looking up at it. Oh, uh, interesting. Could be could be lots of different ways. Or uh. looking down at it. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Probably okay. looking up at it. Yeah. Yeah. They're on the other side of the window, so we're probably yeah. just looking up at worms on a window pane. Interesting. Because it's okay. shot in close up. Calder is shaken by what he saw downstairs as he comes up to speak to Etchison who asks him what's going on. And then Wyndon comes in the room and is like, this is just bullshit, like what is happening here? Downstairs, Kelly, Walter and Marsh talk about what it might be. Kelly wants to know why they aren't taking direct samples of the li- of the liquid. <laughs> Because it could be some toxic crap. Yeah. We don't know what we're dealing with here. It's kind of Walter.
3: Yeah, you probably shouldn't open the cylinder that has liquid Satan in it. Think, yeah.
1: I mean, they don't know that it's <laughs> what's in it. It's just a swelling liquid that seems to be lit by its own luminescence. Yeah, mean, who knows? And in an ancient cavern with technology that seems to be beyond the Credit. time that it's been there. Surrounded by crosses and, and, uh, and candles. I'm sure
3: it's fine <laughs> to open and take, a, <laughs>
1: take things out of it.
3: I disagree. Uh, I disagree, I
1: disagree, I <laughs> disagree. <laughs> Marsh shows them on a computer screen some differential equations. I love this. I love this bit of law. Yeah. I love the ancient
2: technology of this like whole thing, how it's like it was beyond them, but they did it and
1: they knew they didn't know fully what they were doing. Yeah. It's all great. Catherine is answering them upstairs, translated from Latin in the book, in a book written 2,000 years ago before we invented differential equations. Said accurate?
5: <laughs>
1: Not a math guy. No idea. No idea. Probably. Yeah, I would say so. Kelly is backing up out of the room and then bangs her arm hard on a piece of equipment.
3: Yeah. Chekhov's
1: bruising. Yeah. Yeah, Catherine's showing Mullins the worms because worms be weird today. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let that one go, but thank yeah. you. They, okay. they do be weird today. Worms be weird
2: today. <laughs> they do be. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Cairns had a lot of coffee, yeah. but is also very tired.
1: I, I think I think the coffee's <laughs> kicking Hey, listen, in. That, that, that line was written down like weeks ago, <laughs> so I don't know what the fuck you two are talking about. <laughs> On a monitor, we see the text, and the Prince of Darkness was himself sealed, that old life called the Devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. And Lisa and Burak share a very concerned look about that text
3: because they trapped liquid Satan in a jar and stuck him in a church.
2: <laughs> also, I didn't think Satan was the name of the devil. I thought it was a title of the devil.
1: It is one of his names. Is it? Yeah. Let's not get into theology. <laughs> okay.
3: Like Saint Nick and Santa. And
2: yes. Chris yes. Exactly.
3: <laughs>
1: Satan. Liquid Santa.
3: (laughs) Don't liquefy Santa.
1: Susan shows him an x-ray of the canister, and we learn that the lid is sealed from the inside with a complex mechanism, which is great. See, that's
3: terrifying, because that just means that he can let himself out whenever he wants. As we we learn
1: later, he was not trapped. Yeah. You guys said the word trapped. He wasn't trapped. He He was put in there. there. We'll talk about it when we get to it. I might have missed that. Yeah, I just missed. when I heard that, I assumed there was some kind of sacrifice deal. You'll you'll find out. Okay. Night falls on the church, and outside there is a lot of street people wandering around now. Yeah, I love how creepy the fucking street people become, especially at nighttime. Carpenter's best work is always nighttime. Yeah, like put that man man in downtown LA with anamorphic lenses at night, and mm. you will get a treat. Mm. <laughs> you will have a nice time. <laughs> Little mouth trumpet. Leahy's doing a little mouth trumpet yeah. in the kitchen, <laughs> just annoying people. I can Wal- relate to people like that. <laughs> yeah, as Walter is watching uh, an old Tom and Jerry cartoon where Tom is in hell.
2: Oh, Denatic. that didn't even
1: clock with me. Themes. <laughs> At the window, Kelly's been watching the the street people. She does this explanation. I don't know if this is accurate or not, and or if it's outdated psychology or whatever. But she explains that Chronic schizophrenics have stereotyped routines that they repeat every twenty minutes or so, like a skipping record. But these people have been doing the same thing for all all day watching them. Now I don't know how accurate that is.
5: Yeah. It might probably, just be a bit of movie it business. It could just be a
1: bit of a movie business. And we see that Kelly has a pretty serious bruise. Mm. Walter tells her that's probably from nerves. <laughs> you don't bruise from nerves. You don't
3: bruise <laughs> from nerves. <laughs> oh, then, I'm so nervous. Look at all my bruises. Wait. wait Guys, you don't? Wait. <laughs> White
1: Walter's response.
4: I used to break up when I was 12. Doctor said it was homosexual panic. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I forgot about that line.
1: Yeah. My note about that is just homo what? Homosexual panic. What the fuck? It's a term coined by American psychiatrist. It's a real thing? Edward J. Kempth in 1920 for a condition of panic due to the pressure of uncontrollable perverse sexual cravings.
3: And as a result, he broke out in bruises.
1: Oh, I think it's more interesting that there was a thing called homosexual panic that was a, that was a real diagnosis. <laughs> nah. <No>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to dig
2: into that now that you've explained it. Yeah. Because, like, was he having sexual homosexual urges as a child? Yeah, that's what they're saying. And, like, was homosexual panic, bruising
1: caused by homosexual panic, just your father beating you? It uh, could be, yeah.
5: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, uh, actually.
1: Yeah. It's important to note that the onset of this condition was not attributed to unwanted se- homosexual advances, says Kemp. Rather, it was caused by an individual's own aroused homosexual cravings. What the fuck? What is he talking about? This is no longer recognized as a diagnosis.
3: Well, good.
1: (laughs) But in the 1920s, homosexual panic. What was that man
2: even saying? Like In the context of the world of the movie... What was that man I, saying?
1: Take it out of the- Like, I'm ta- I'm separating this from the context yeah. of the movie. I think that just Carpenter is just- Carpenter, I think, with the some of the homosexual stuff mm. is- And this is not my idea. This is something I wrote about. Is putting that stuff into the movie to make you think about AIDS. AIDS. I thought he was having to go at the religion themselves. A little bit. So there is a reading of this movie that I'm not sure that I agree with, but I think is maybe just part of the kind of the soup of the movie. It's an ingredient in the soup of the movie. I don't know why the movie's soup now yeah. um, <laughs> is that this is in the, this is in the rise of the, the AIDS e- epidemic yeah. in the United States. And we're dealing with an evil entity that is passed on through liquid transmission
3: uh, mm.
1: through fluid. Mm. So right? he's trying to, evoke that
3: evoke the fear of AIDS into the fear of into the
1: so therefore you also then bring in because even though AIDS is not a primarily homosexual disease that is the way it was framed in the media in the time yeah that's Mm. definitely what they thought at the time and so therefore he's bringing in some of that stuff just to put it in the back of your head. It's not obvious. It's it not, does make it's not sense front because of like, mind. It's um, just part of the texture. It's, it's an ingredient in the soup of the movie. Yeah. And because
3: okay. AIDS was in, obviously in the homosexual community, but also in the homeless community. Yeah. So mm. you're putting those two things together, plus liquid Satan, plus trying to evoke the fear that you already have. Yeah. It's just, it's just part of
1: the texture of the texture of the movie. Yeah. Itchison's on his way out. Cause he's all done. He's got Leahy all set up. Outside he exits via the backstairs into the alleyway that runs next to the church, which will become important kind of geographically as so a yeah as a means of egress. On his Walkman, he's playing title song Prince of Darkness by Alice Cooper. Which is, doesn't Cooper. play over the credits, which is weird. Mm. You would expect that you know Alice Cooper recorded a song for this movie, and it doesn't play over the end credits. Which that is, is a strange. Weird choice. This is its only instance in the huh. in the movie. Yeah. Is it in the trailer? No.
3: So he wrote a song for them, and they use it on the Walkman of this character. And, and that's then there's a music,
1: it. there's a music video as well. So oh. it was used to promote yeah. the mo- promote the movie. You
3: would think that they would use it more.
1: HSNC is a pigeon that's been crucified on a cross. It's a freaky bit of I mean, you see that. You're turning straight back around, right?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, as he goes- You're not continuing down the fucking alleyway.
3: (laughs) That's true. Maybe. Cian would, but the rest of us (laughs) in in regular society wouldn't.
1: As he walks down the the alleyway, Alice Cooper emerges from the shadows, picks up half a bike, and starts walking (laughs) towards (laughs) Etchison. I forgot about that. The half bike. Etchison turns to go back the way he came, but nope. There's more street people at the top of the stairs, and they blocked him off. And then Cooper impales him with the bike, and he's dead. I love the way that he falls forward onto the seat of the bike and rests against it. Oh, when he hits the ground and stays upright. Yeah, he stays upright. I love that. He's resting on the the seat. Yeah. It's It's a good gag. This gag is an adaptation of a stage bit that Alice Cooper was doing in his show at the time. Oh
3: where he stabbed people with the with mic half stand? A buck?
1: Yeah. He yes, he impales a cameraman with a mic stand on stage. So he gets annoyed like during he the He kills the,
2: cameraman every show? Yeah. Wow. He, yeah, he re- should re- go real. to jail. Yeah. I Good think performer. It's a magic trick. I don't think he
5: actually killed cameraman. Yeah. Oh, thank <laughs> you for whispering that to me. <laughs> and, and so the point doesn't give.
1: Save me, liquid Satan, save me. Uh, I love our whisper (laughs) conversation.
3: Kane can't hear us if we talk quietly.
1: (laughs) The gag's done the same way that Cooper does it on stage. It's the exact same gag, except they did it with a bike instead of a microphone. Right. And they asked Alice if they could use that. And he was like, fuck yeah, we can do that in the movie. That's dope. He seems like such a good sport, hey? He is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look at his role in in both of the World movies.
0: So, do you come to Milwaukee often? Well, I'm a regular visitor here, but Milwaukee has certainly had its share of visitors. The French missionaries and explorers were coming here as early as the late 1600s to trade with the Native Americans. In fact, isn't Milwaukee an Indian name? Yes, Pete, it is. Actually, it's pronounced Miliwauke, which is Algonquin for the good land. I was not aware of that.
1: He's clearly having, having a good I, time. I honestly haven't seen him for that long. I don't remember anything. When or not worthy. <laughs> I remember that. Marsh wants to have a serious talk with Burek. No one is saying it, but they've just finished the first round of tests and then Burek's like, get to the fucking point. (laughs) Like, Yeah. Marsh says nothing anywhere is supposed to be able to do what it is doing. The what, whatever the fuck it is it's doing. Burek tells him to go back to work. Marsh kind of pushes the point. A life form growing out of prebiotic fluid that's not winding down into disorder that it's self-organizing, mm, which it's comes back to the, like going the against entropy. Entropy, yeah, which yeah. is which is the idea of, of time having a direction, yeah. Which Burak was talking about at the beginning of the movie. It's becoming something, mm. but the question is, what? Burak hands him a piece of paper as an answer. It's a piece of scripture about an angel falling from heaven, and Marsh is like, "This is fucking crazy." Yeah, and it's like, "Yes, this is crazy. It's fucking it's, great. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a good time." <laughs> <laughs> Downstairs... Susan sees it for the first time and chats with Mullins. They've dated the canister to be 7 million years old.
3: That's very old.
1: Yep. Mullins' head's topside, but she's drawn towards it by a dripping sound. Mm. The fluid is out of the canister.
3: Because it can let itself
1: out and it's mm. dripping up into where it is pulling on the roof.
3: I Fuck love you this physics.
1: Effect. I love this effect.
2: I've always loved this effect whenever I see it. The p- puddle on the roof and the dripping up. Obviously yeah, it's, it's just a like reversed shot. Yeah, upside down. Yeah, upside down shot. It's I just love how it feels so I'll use it again menacing
1: where it's like it's secretly pooling on the roof and no one's seeing it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It is a good effect.
1: Yeah. In the main lab, topside, Lisa explains that the book is a kind of history and part of it is indecipherable as someone was trying to erase it. But she's been able to translate it because Lisa's like awesome. Yeah. She, goes she studies like, ancient languages. She's like really good at what she does. <laughs> she has like this attitude about like, I got this yeah. the, the whole time. <laughs> And here we go again.
4: The container was buried somewhere in the Middle East eons ago by, it gets a little wild here, the father of Satan, a god who once walked the earth before man, but was somehow banished to the dark side. Apparently, the father buried his son inside the container. This was a section someone was trying to erase. Now, later on here, Christ comes to warn us. He was of extraterrestrial ancestry, but a human-like race. Finally they determine Christ is crazy but he's also gaining power converting a lot of people to his beliefs so they kill him but his disciples keep the secret and hide it from civilization until man could develop a science sophisticated enough to prove what Christ was saying
3: Something like this can really fuck up your weekend What a
2: fucking response it's, first of all Taking that on the chin and being so cavalier about it that was
1: great Taking the Christian myth and making it, upset people, and making it almost more plausible Taking the Christian myth and then melding it with like clearly with like Lovecraft and yeah. clearly with Nigel Neal's stuff, mm. making that story scientific and uni- and universal, mm. like being all of the universe, making it making Jesus an alien. Yeah. Uh, that was trying to warn us about this galactic, this universal terror yeah. that is scientific that we couldn't explain. So we created an entire mythology, yeah. which is called Catholicism, <laughs> yeah, which is called Christianity, in order to explain this thing we couldn't explain scientifically is like fucking wild. I do love it's it. It's great. It's so, if you were, you know, I I would imagine that if you are Catholic or religious, this might be a little upsetting to you. But for yeah. me, yeah, this is fucking great. See, what's brilliant about this is like, it's
2: not like it hasn't been said before. Oh, Jesus this is an alien, right? I
1: think that that's more, I don't think it has as much in 1987. Yeah, true, true, right. true, true. I think now with the internet, people say wild shit everywhere all the time. Yeah. And we kind of get used to that. But I think that in 1987, this is a little bit more radical than yeah, you think it true, is. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. That's very true. It would have been more blasphemous.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah. But it's it's almost like I was saying, like almost more believable.
3: It is almost <laughs> more believable. Everything except the liquid Satan in a canister part.
2: I mean, I, I it's mean, possible. With that.
3: And Anything. also and also, a group of Catholic people being able to keep a secret for that long. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile downstairs, Susan, radiologist, discovers that the dripping liquid is pooling on the roof, and she gets sprayed right in the mouth yeah. and chokes on Satan. Yeah. Jokes on the son of Satan. It was
2: it's very rough.
3: important to keep your mouth closed. <laughs> yeah, when around satanic liquids. <laughs> when around satanic liquids. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, very good call.
3: That are on the roof and could therefore fall. Yeah, on you. Yeah, or
2: spray. Thus, yeah. you
3: keep your holes closed.
2: It's harder to do than All to your say. Holes. All <laughs> your holes closed. It's okay. very difficult
1: for me to do, Kira. Um. <laughs> okay, I'm moving on. Pre, this is going in a, a weird direction, and I don't want to do. Priest tells us that a decision was made to characterize pure evil as a spiritual force, not a scientific one, as it was more convenient. It kept man at the center of things, and then he kind of rants about how they were just salesmen. The church was just salesmen. I mean,
3: that's true.
1: Through this whole scene. And you guys won't remember this because it's lost in time, like tears and rain. Our man Marsh is leaning against a piece of equipment. The whole scene he's leaning against a piece of equipment. Mm. Mm-hmm. You guys didn't notice what he's leaning against?
3: I don't remember anybody leaning against anything yeah. concerning.
1: An ECG machine? I don't know. It's a humidity crib. <laughs>
2: oh, it's a no. humidity crib.
1: He's leaning against a humidity crib. With a, are they going to put I said, Satan in there? <laughs> Baby Satan.
2: Yeah, the thing where
3: you have like the hands,
1: the hands and the go gloves. into it. And the gloves. I do remember seeing that. It, it is, it is absolutely one hundred percent just yeah. a midi crib. So yeah. did
3: they just grab a bunch of stuff yeah. that looks? It's just science-y? a bunch of
1: medical stuff. Like it's a bunch of medical equipment and science science equipment. And is it kind of like
3: how in science movie science fiction movies they often use camera equipment because it looks?
1: Yeah, I mean George Lucas science used fiction-y. literally used a vision switcher for the controls of the Death Star. Yeah, like it's a vision switcher. That's mad. <laughs> he, you, he, the man that is turning on the death, the laser on the Death Star is fading between two sources (laughs)
3: you
2: know
1: know what John Carpenter does really good (laughs) (laughs) oh I broke Kara yeah Burak asks Marsh to kind of help him to like break up the meeting because most of the team aren't ready for this Marsh tells him that faith is a hard thing to come by Marsh also tells Burak that according to one of his measuring science dealies that thing just directed a burst of energy in a straight line Walter joins them Walter is still not taking everything seriously because it's Walter Susan rises, reborn, and everybody is trying to come to terms that it really is old scratch knocking at the door. <laughs> I like the term old scratch yeah. as a as a name for um Satan. The people who are becoming Satan are nice and creepy. Marshall Burak posit that the can the liquid is capable of psychokinesis, mind directed energy. Oh yeah. This is one hundred percent totally out of Quatermass mass in the pit. Oh, So in that movie, an alien object that's been unearthed in the London underground releases psychic energy that makes people relive a race memory of a genocide on Mars. And then the people affected wander the streets of London like zombies. And there are shots in that movie that you could cut into this movie of people standing around and staring into nothing. Like, the imagery is one-to-one. Okay.
3: Is this the movie that you showed me? Yeah,
1: I showed Kira Kira pieces of it to kind of, like, prove my point. Yeah. Like, you could literally take shots out of Quatermass in the pit of, like, the people affected by the psychic energy of these aliens, and they are the street people standing around and staring at people.
3: Yeah, it is actually like frightening. It's like a similar. direct
1: lift. And so, what happens in that movie is that the affected people—they're kind of in a like a storm of telekinesis, that's mind-directed right. energy—and kind of like people zombified, staring off into the middle, into the middle distance. Like Carpenter just takes those things from 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 that movie from the nineteen sixties. He's so. How do you feel great. about that? I love it because he lives heavily in all of his movies. Everybody does. Nobody nobody makes things that. But are 100% he's like blatant, blatant about it. He puts people's. Like and shit, but he's filtering it through himself. So that's my that's my thing. Is like you can st- steal, make writing anything, <laughs> steal whatever is. you want. Writing writing anything is is yeah. is stealing because it's impossible not to be influenced by the things that you love and yeah. love and watch. Right? It's about how you filter them through yourself and then create something new out of them. Mm. And that's what Carpenter does. Like he's not he's like he didn't remake. Quatermass in the Pit, he was inspired by a piece of imagery and he mm. took that imagery and folded it into his story, into his, yeah. creati- his creativity. See, I would love him because I don't have the reference prior, you know? I didn't. So the thing about that is, as I kind of talked about, I think I talked about it on The Fog, is that I hadn't seen any of the Quatermass movies. Yeah. Between The Fog and Prince of Darkness, I've now seen two of them yeah. and both of them are like the decoder Ring for John Carpenter. Interesting. Both of them, both of them have things in them. The first Quatermass movie is totally there's elements of the thing all the way through, all the way through, right? right? And then, the, and then the I watched the first and the third Quatermass movie. I didn't watch the second one. And the third one, he's totally using parts of it for printed darkness. And well, I are they easy to them. enough to watch the yeah, whole they're thing? Good, they're good fun. Okay. I mean, they're all fashioned, but they're good fun. But they're good fun. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Burak. Doesn't want to tell the others. Marsh thinks that they have a right to know that it's conscious that this thing is has thoughts and desires and dreams.
3: I mean, <laughs> Dreams and aspirations?
1: Yeah. As if you wouldn't want to tell everyone and then figure out what the fuck's going on. Burek's a scientist because he wants to eliminate all other possibilities first. Yeah. He doesn't want to jump to a, to a conclusion. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then Walter in the hallway encounters Susan, radiologist. Creepy as fuck. Who just stares at him. He goes back into the kitchen. He's eating an apple. People who eat apples die? <laughs> oh, Adam and Eve. Yeah.
0: Ah. I knew there
1: was something you were referencing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a stretch, but I'm just, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, in the kitchen, he has a kind of strange interaction with Lisa, who <laughs> leaves. Mullins comes in, and he's looking for Susan. Who? Radiologist classes. She was right outside, but when they go out there and look for her, she's gone. Mullen's head's downstairs.
3: That, like, that is a huge, like, huge, like, what the fuck? She was right here. But he went in and ate an apple. Like, it's uh, it's perfectly reasonable for someone to have walked somewhere.
5: Yeah. We're I just mean, she
3: was that. being weird. But yeah, just <laughs> she to was. A, but
1: we're starting to, like, turn. The movie's starting to turn. Yeah. yeah. The movie's starting that. It's already been creepy, but now we're starting to move into the next next phase, right? Yeah. Yeah. But in
3: in reality, you shouldn't just assume that someone's going to stay standing awkwardly (laughs) in the hallway until (laughs) you next need them. Yeah.
2: Object
1: permanence. Things can move away and not be weird. They can. So Mullins heads downstairs to look for her and, well, she's waiting for him. They play a little hide and seek.
3: (laughs) I love hide and seek.
1: And then Marsh... Doesn't keep the information from everybody. He just goes and tells Catherine what's happening. Yeah. See, Uh, people
3: can't keep secrets. (laughs) Yeah.
1: How it is reaching out, influencing, and could possibly be moving objects by thought. Mullins finds Susan's glasses and then gets his neck snapped. Yeah. That sounds fucking nice.
2: Yep. Yeah, this really is the point where it moved from more of a mystery into like a horror. Yeah, we're movie.
1: moving now. Yeah. We're on the ro-
2: we're on the road. We're, yeah. we're,
1: we're heading heading down the road. I feel like wh- what point? Like how long is this movie? It's just over ninety minutes. Mm. We're at the top of the hill. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Remember when we described it as a roller coaster?
1: Yeah, yeah we're, at good, the, we're at the top analogy. of the. That was analogy. That was a good analogy. Yeah, yeah, we're at the top of the hill. Yeah, is what I would say. Whether or not that's like the end of the first act or midway through the second, I don't know. Yeah. But okay. Also. It's been two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, all set up is gone. There's, There's no fuck. payoff coming. <laughs> well, the, the movie's not as... I've watched like fucking 10 other movies between now and then, dude. Like, <laughs> fuck, man. Burek and Priest have another
4: debate. Suppose what your faith has said was essentially correct. Suppose there is a universal mind controlling everything, a God willing the behavior of every subatomic particle... Now, every particle has an anti-particle. It's mirror image, its negative side. Maybe this universal mind resides in the mirror image instead of in our universe as we wanted to believe. Maybe he's anti-God, bringing darkness instead of light. Why weren't we told the truth? Without the technology to confirm, it would have been another legend. But he was our prisoner, not yours. We had a responsibility to warn the rest of the world. Only the corrupt are listen to now, and they tell us what we want to hear. We believe it to be divine light.
0: It's got colder in here. And, uh, suddenly, it's as if,
4: as if something moved through the room.
2: I didn't realise that that they literally had the me- like explained the mirror metaphor oh, yeah. early on. Yeah, they set up the mirror. Yeah, yeah, that's very yeah. interesting because I, <laughs> it's it's literal. I didn't I didn't like understand why the mirror thing was going on until you
1: said that. It's a gateway between worlds. Yeah, yeah. In the lot behind the church, Calder, Wyndham, and Lomax have all kind of gathered to debate whether or not they believe what the fuck is happening or not. And we don't hear them at first, but then when we come to them, we find out that Calder believes, but Wyndham thinks that it's Kaka. Yeah, that was odd. Kaka. Kaka. Yep. That was very, uh, uh, I bumped on that. I like it. I like it as a weird choice for like that dude. It is a weird choice for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, yeah, fell out of place. Calder and Lomax kind of head back in, and Wyndham's like, You people are fucking crazy. Like, we should get the fuck out of here. And when he turns around, there is a lot of street people watching him, all just standing, watching Mm -hmm. him. Susan comes out onto the fire escape and just stares at him, and there are bugs crawling all over her arms. Mm. And then when Wyndham looks down, he is standing in a mound of bugs that yeah. are making their way up him. He tries to wipe them off. I don't Ed's like
5: creepy. bugs. It's <laughs>
3: so creepy. don't yeah. like the idea Did of bugs on me. Did they cover him in bugs?
2: Yeah. Did they just actually do it? Yeah. Fuck yeah. I <laughs> so don't
3: like that. crawling. I don't
1: know, no, no. No. <laughs> no, no, no.
3: I don't want bugs on me. So yeah, it's the yeah.
1: worst. From halfway across the lot, the ant woman runs at him with half a pair of scissors. Yes, <laughs> it's such a
2: good but
3: choice. That, you shouldn't run with scissors, even half a pair of scissors.
1: But she obviously
3: Cis-o. just found it in the bin,
1: she- and I love it. She wants scissors.
2: <laughs> Isn't scissors the two? So wouldn't it be sizz? Sizz? Sizz?
3: I have to have him in my life for the rest of my life. <laughs> I made a legal commitment to this relationship.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's a close-up where the camera tracks with the scissors as she's running. So the scissors like just stay in the same place in frame. So that's mad. So it's like kind of locked on. Got an idea about how they would do that? She's on tracks. That's an interesting idea. Cameras yeah, cameras moving and she's moving on tra- on a track. Yeah. That's actually not a bad way to do that. That's I'm a guessing good, that's, that's a good not idea. how they it's do not it, how though. It's a it. very good poor man's process to do that, though. Thank yeah, you. to keep her in frame. Yeah, I've seen that in other things before. They're both like essentially on the same dolly. Yeah. And then you just dolly both of them.
3: Then they don't change. Because then they
1: don't change. Yeah, that's really good. No, there's just a fake brick wall that they're...
3: Moving, <laughs> past so they're moving <laughs>
1: past her. <laughs>
3: oh. So that she's texting. She's standing
1: still. The camera and the camera <laughs> and her are standing still, and the and brick the wall, wall is, is moving. moving. Wow. That, it's just a fake wall, well, is fake It's, wall it's on Similar wheels. to
3: the to the ship,
1: to the ship, yeah. yeah. Where they are moving and the ship is not moving yeah. in the fog, yeah. and then it
3: makes it seem like the other thing is moving. Yeah, smart, smart.
1: That's very clever. John
3: Carpenter likes to move things without you thinking that that is the it's thing that is the moving. It's just like camera
1: trick in the world to create something that is. I think that like that's a great shot. Like that's yeah. a, you see her like the movement of it and the yeah. fact that the the scissors don't move in frame is yeah. like such a strong shot. Yeah. Yeah. And you, it's true that
2: like him on less of a budget is almost more impressive. Yeah. Because that's fucking dope.
1: Because you got to be clever. Yeah. you got to figure shit out. You've got this idea for a shot in your head and then you have to figure out a way to physically do it. Yeah. And the way that you figure out to do it is basically like, uh, like in a cartoon. Yeah. You just move the background. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. She stabs Wyndham to death. It's pretty brutal. It's, and it's that is the end of Wyndham. Most, Such a, uh,
3: pretty much all the deaths are pretty brutal, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, None a of them good are. deaths, eh? Yeah. yeah.
1: It's the end of Wyndham, or is it? Wyndham. Lisa, she's a workaholic, just still putting the text of the book in.
3: Well, she wants to prove that she's just as good as she says
1: she yeah. is. She comes across a symbol of a star with a hook on it, which might be important. hears a strange noise and kind of calls out. You know, the, it's the, this movie's equivalent of Stop Messing Around You, guys. Yeah. Leahy wonders where Wyndham is. He left. Has anyone seen Susan? Who? Radiologist classes. Why maybe does she, nobody know who she's in it? To, is. I love that runner.
2: Yeah. It's good because it explains why she can run around and cause mischief. And, and no also why notices. people go missing
1: and nobody knows Because here's the thing is like, there are like several different groups of people and not everybody yeah. actually knows everybody. Yeah. It's a good so tiny little thing. that's. Yeah. It's, it's something that makes the kind of, it makes the, these missing a little bit more plausible. Yeah. Because people are like taking care of their own business. They're not keeping track of each other. Walter is sleeping and dreams. He dreams of the front of the church and a dark figure coming through the door and a voice.
0: This is not a dream, not a dream. We are using your system as a receiver. We are unable to transmit through conscious neural interference. You are receiving this broadcast as a dream. We are transmitting from year 19.
1: And he wakes up startled. So good. How wild is it that this they in, they insert this element into the movie like forty fucking minutes into it? Yeah. It's so good. Like, it, like uh, the just, concept uh, of it is just so clean. Well, we'll talk about what it actually is when we get when we get to it. Yeah, when we okay. get to the explanation, but just the idea of this is something that has not existed in the film so far mm. that you are inserting into the movie as a another layer of plot at forty something minutes into the into the movie. Yeah, it is it's just interesting. It,
2: it is really good. And it just I think it like it thickens on that, like sleep, the the, the sleeper. Of sleep. yeah, yeah, the whole the, oh, yeah. It, it doubles down on the lore of what's going on. And it's a nice little thing. It's, it's like there's a little bit of information here. We're never really going to give you what this piece of information is. It's just a theory. Hmm. But there's
1: something here that you don't know. Yeah. He wakes up startled. And mask asks him if he's seen Mullins. No. Susan, who? Radiologist classes. <laughs> no one's seen them. Everybody's going to get together to have a meeting in a half hour because some people are thinking about leaving because it's kind of getting to that point where, like, shit's yeah. going a little, little bit wild here.
3: They, they at the very least need to get higher grades than they were originally. Yeah,
1: passed. yeah. Lisa investigates a noise. It turns out to be Walter and some of the others heading downstairs to search for everybody else. Where are Mullins? Where are Susan? Who? Radiologist classes. Lisa's kind of tired at this point. So she lays down on a cot. This is
2: one thing in horror movies that always pisses me off. Stay with the fucking group. And then...
3: I think this would have happened to her, whether she stayed with the group or not. Yeah, yeah. It had
1: to have happened. Yeah. yeah. And then behind the door in the room... Is Susan, yeah, which is nice. Radiologist creepy. glasses. Radiologist glasses. <laughs> yeah, and uh, John Carpenter, like his use of the, that, wi- that wide that widescreen frame. of this is great because she's in the foreground on the left side of frame, and there's the doorway mm. on the on the far right, and so your attention is drawn to the left, and then the movement on the right of the door opening draws your eye back over and you go fuck she was standing there the whole time behind that door it's just a nice bit of business can you see her the whole time no she's behind the the door another dream we see the dark figure a little bit better you are receiving this broadcast in order to alter the events you are seeing burak wakes up priest asks him what he was dreaming about and burak's response is your kingdom father does not include my unconscious I'm so thankful though that the priest knew what he was fucking dreaming. Yeah, because when that
2: shit happens and you don't say anything, fuck you. The yeah.
1: well, priest is like, oh yeah, everybody in close proximity to the uh, to the liquid Satan has the same dream. It's a premonition. It evolves and unfolds like a story, like a broadcast, like television. Seems yeah. like the
3: kind of thing that probably also could have been brought up sooner. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Yeah, that's, because the, my, because you know we're bringing everybody to be near this thing. Why? By the way, we're all going to have these dreams.
2: That's such a fucking cool point.
1: Oh, fuck. How do I not think about that? Susan climbs up Lisa while she's still sleeping. (laughs) And as she wakes, she uh, shoots green Satanade into her mouth.
3: Yeah, it's just not a good way to become a Satan zombie. It's just a little bit gross.
1: Yeah. Downstairs, Marsha Malta search and find nothing. They don't really search very well because Mullen's corpse is like right there. Yeah. It's right there having satanade dripped into its mouth.
3: Why does it have to go in your mouth? Why can't it just go in your head?
1: Yeah. Why do you have to eat it? it? It's got to get in there.
3: What do you think it tastes like? Lime. Just because it's green?
1: I feel like no acidic. Lime and pepper. Lime and pepper.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
1: like peppery lime. Interesting. Yeah. Like it hits the back of your throat, you remember like you accidentally inhale pepper and it hits the back of or your throat. Or like um
2: the that lime and uh, black pepper chips that were like you'd eat them, but they were never really
1: good.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's
1: exactly what I'm thinking of. <laughs> Kelly and Catherine have a chat. We find out that it's 3:30 in the morning. They're both really tired, and that the computer is just going wild with, wild with these equations now. Mm-hmm. Catherine Catherine tells Kelly that she should go get some sleep, and that she'll wake her up in 45 minutes. She asks if she's okay, and she says, no, I know what you mean, because everybody's kind of got a bad vibe. Catherine spots Kelly's bruise, and it kind of looked like a cross with a hook. Yeah. That symbol, it's like the astrologer's star or the astrologer's staff, and Carpenter lifted it from the artwork of a Blue Oyster Cult album. <laughs> that he liked. He just was like, oh, that looks good. Also, that mark is so fucking obvious. Yeah. He also had previously used uh, a track from Blue Oyster Cult, Don't Fear the Reaper, in the original Halloween. So it's kind of connected to the- Uh. That band is also connected to Halloween. Do they know that? (laughs) Yeah, they probably do. They actually use that track in the end credits of Halloween Ends. Uh Aha. Kelly goes to lay down. Calder tells her that there's going to be a meeting in the lab in 15 minutes. She's like- I just want to sleep. Yeah.
3: It's 3.30 in the morning. It's fair enough.
1: Yeah. Calder talks to Walter and Marsh and nobody found anybody. Lisa's back at the computer typing like a woman possessed. Calder kind of like leans in and checks out the screen and it just says, I live again over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And then it changes to you will not be saved by the Holy Ghost. You will not be saved by the God Plutonium. In fact, you will not be saved.
3: Creepy. And then
1: Susan enters the room, radiologist, classes, (laughs) and closes the door. And Lisa takes down Calder with a very stiff forearm shiver. I feel like Calder shouldn't have been taken down so easily. Well, they're powerful. Yeah,
2: I get that. Yeah, we get to see that in a bit. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, you like that. But also (laughs) plutonium. Yeah, it well, just gets
1: science. Pulled, it, yeah, like so. Okay, Satan's like your science. Just because you got science now doesn't mean shit. Interesting. You will not be saved by the god plutonium.
2: Interesting. Okay, that's your read of that. I didn't yeah, think absolutely. About that. I just thought it was just dropping a random god name that they had no idea about.
1: They're talking about what they should do. Someone suggested the building should be encased in concrete, and then somebody else, said, I think it's Walter, says no way. We should just launch the fucker into space. <laughs> Yeah, because that could help. Lisa and Susan infect Calder and it's (laughs) kind of sexy. Yeah, it it is kind of. Has threesome vibes? Yeah, it does. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Those that are left gather. Burak asks them to stay because he needs them. And priests ask who slept and dreamt about the dark figure coming out through the doorway of the church. Everybody has. Everybody Mm. that slept has. Burak thinks the dream is (laughs) pre-recorded.
3: I mean, that's what it says it
1: is. And then we get into some science kind of explanation, tachyons. Yeah. Burek thinks it's a shared vision of something that's yet to occur. Walter asks if the thing downstairs is causing it. No, probably not. Someone is beaming tachyons, which go backwards in time. So it's a broadcast from the future video signals. I love how it's like semi-accurate pseudoscience. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: I don't even really... Like, my thing is, is that I don't give a fuck if the science works or not. Like, yeah. it's the idea. Yeah, but right? I just love that it's very clever. Yeah. So Marsh explains it with a little card trick mm. and, a, and a flourish. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't know if the card trip, card trick helped the explanation at all. Just a bit of activism. Yeah, it's a good Apparently bit of that is though. that actor's idea was the cards. Yeah. He's playing of with the cards and the card
5: trick. Look like yeah. I can do a trick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a remote camera view of a future so they can change it. And then the power goes out with all the lab equipment that they're standing around and we see Susan and Lisa moving the canister. Yeah. They're stealing
3: yeah. liquid Satan.
1: <laughs> While outside, Wyndham's back he's calling out to them Catherine hears and goes over to the window. And I love this. The bugs have reanimated Wyndham. Yep. It's so good. He is made of bugs. I love that he's all in pieces. And he says, I've got a message for you, and you're not going to like it. Pray for death. And then he starts collapsing piece by piece. His mm. head falls off and then his legs go down and then yeah. and all the bugs. So the bugs are no longer animating him. So he kind of falls apart. So he's being puppeted by the bugs. Ah, it's such a it's good idea. Great. Bugs are creepy. He's bugs are creepy. got the symbol cut into his face as well. Love it. Don't that's trust fantastic. bugs. The actor that plays Wyndham is not an actor. That is Robert Grasmire. I hope that's correct who was the visual effects supervisor on this movie. Hey. Carpenter liked his look and then cast him in the mo- in the movie to have an acting role, but he is also responsible for making himself fall apart. Ah, <laughs> uh, interesting. Yeah. Everyone freaks out, of course, at that. And then we hear Calder singing Amazing Grace as he drags a chair up the stairs.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Cold is great. Yeah. He, so fucking good. Everybody rushes over and then, and kind of confronts him. I like that. Everybody's like, Hey, there's something happening over here. And the whole Scooby gang goes yeah. one way. And Something happening over here. But that's the what needs to the fucking
2: gang. happen in these situations. Yeah, Stay yeah. together.
1: Yeah. They confront him and Colder picks up a piece of the, breaks a piece oh, of the banister and then jams that. it into his own throat, cutting his own throat as he laughs it's fucking so creepy. Right. why did it
2: have to be broken splintery wood? <laughs> I mean, it makes so it that so you much better. Feel
1: the way that you do when you oh, think about it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. They kind of like try to cover up his neck and priest performs last rites, but stops because his soul went the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> like Priest has this feeling that like, what the fuck is the use of this yeah. thing that I used to do all the time? Yeah. Call out to my God.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, I'm not sure exists.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Lisa and Susan have brought the canister to the sleeping Kelly as the lid begins to unscrew. As everyone tries to start to get the fuck out of there, they find that all the exits have been blocked with junk from the outside by the street people who are still watching. And then Walter goes to get Kelly to wake her up to get her the fuck out and finds that the roof is swimming in Satanade Mm that's pouring into Kelly's eyes and mouth like a waterfall. That was such a good fucking effect. Yeah, and it's a reverse. Obviously, it's a reverse shot. They're, like, basically just pumping all that liquid out of a dummy, out of a dummy's eyes and mouth. Yeah. Like a fire hose, essentially. And the camera turns to reveal that Susan is standing right next to him, right next to Walter. It's another Mm. nice piece of business. Everyone kind of gathers in the hallway. He freaks everybody's kind of gathered in the hallway like he looks into a doorway sees walter and then gets satanated in the mouth yeah he's done he kind of keels over and everybody kind of turns to see again it's all that scooby-doo stuff where it's like everybody look in this direction i love that they purposely put everyone together like this and
2: in a moment they rip everyone apart
1: yeah so lisa steps out because priest moves a little bit slower he is behind lisa and separated from the rest of the group, and he has to duck into a, to a different room. He ends up in a boiler room. In the room, Walter hides in the closet to get away from Susan, and everybody else goes into the kitchen as Calder and Mullins, now risen, close in on them from the, from the far end of the hallway. And Mullins, because he had his neck broke, is got his neck at a permanent neck broken tilt. Yeah, love it. They barricade themselves in. If you watch Victor Wong, if you watch Burak in this scene, anytime that they're moving furniture... He's not doing anything because he is an old man. So he is just running around making it look like he's doing things. (laughs) Ah, yes. (laughs) Carpenter says on the commentary on the first take, he like helped them push the lounge into position. And then he, Carpenter noticed in subsequent takes, he was just not doing that. He <laughs> was just yeah. he was just moving around. He's just moving backwards and forwards. <laughs> He's never he never picks anything up. He never actually helps because Victor Wong is an old man. He's like fuck doing this shit ten times. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's good man. Everything kind of settles down at this point. We get a little bit of downtime as as the survivors hide and wait. Yeah, in and different locations. So, well, we've got a group in the kitchen. We've got Walter in the closet, and we have yeah. Priest in the in the boiler in the boiler room. So all connected to this hallway to the yeah. hallway. And the room where Kelly's stomach now bloated like she is pregnant. Yeah.
2: And yeah, I
3: thought we were going to get Satan, baby. Same, so did I. Yeah,
1: yeah it kind of goes that way. But or like a, a stomach way. bursting out with something fully formed. I yeah. was kind of hoping for that. Everybody's kind of in their places. The sun comes up like yeah. we get the next day. And I love how for a moment it feels like a breath, you know,
2: when the very, sun comes up. Very, very Because they say the sun's come up and then-
1: you you get a moment to talk and then it's straight back into it yeah so it's another little up
5: and, yeah. the, and, and, the, and the day time.
1: passes uh, with Lisa and Susan standing sentinel over Kelly. Walter just quips the whole way through. Yeah. He's just never taking anything. Kind of, well, he's taking it seriously. It's just his defense mechanism. Mm. So he's talking shit to Lisa and Susan. And then Catherine hears him through the, the back wall of the closet. think that maybe they could dig him out, but it's going to take a few hours because it's brick and brick. And. Calder comes into the boiler room where Priest is hiding and finds a giant mirror. He stares at himself as he kind of laughs and cries. Man, he's swinging for the fucking fences. It's just such a weird and yeah. wonderful choice. Like he's smiling and laughing, but you can also see the pain of the fact that he knows, like something inside him knows that he's dead now and he's cut his own throat and yeah, mm-hmm. it's wild. They, they're
3: getting distracted by Mirror's thing reminds me of Keegan.
1: Well, because... <laughs> okay, I'm not, just going to move straight past that. <laughs> don't, don't, Are don't, you I'm a not. parrot? Uh, I am a budgie. <laughs> and that's the one they do this thing where they where Marsh kind of jumps out the kitchen window into the alleyway to kind of test the street people and see if he can get out but they start coming for him straight away and he has to go back up man I ain't jumping out that fucking window
2: yeah like that sounds like the dumbest plan unless like you actually look if you if you look at the movie like there's no one on the other side of that fence and you jump on the other side of the fence there and is
1: clear a building that. there is a building there yeah it's but there's not, like an alleyway on both sides of the fence. Yeah it's it's a little i the geography is a little bit unclear but it seems like it's harder to Did to take, take me do. a yeah. while
3: to figure out why he did that like what what, I what think
1: the plan was i think it's a test yeah i think they're just saying well, yeah. there's, there's these pe- weird people at both ends of the alleyway but what's gonna happen can we get out that way can yeah. i make my way through them and then as soon as he gets down there it's like no fuck they're all coming for me let's 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 this is a bad plan yeah. it does feel but like, like ha- a little bit of business for the sake of business oh uh, sure you need them doing something during this this portion of the movie yeah right? you guys see any movies you like it's Walter's line to Kelly oh, and yes, Susan and Lisa. Great. Kelly's body is starting to like shift and crack. And uh, Walter's just, yeah, telling jokes the entire time. We get another dream. We get all the same info, but we get an extra number this time. We learn the year. It's 1999. We're broadcasting from the year 9999. What year is it in the movie? This is 87. So it's oh. the future. Catherine wakes up. They're still trying to dig out Walter. How's she asleep, but... She, <laughs> Exhaustion. Yeah. 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 Marsh and Burak try to formulate a plan to get help, but there's no one out there that can really help them given the current situation. Yeah, that was a good line. Catherine and Marsh have a little moment. They talk. They basically tell each other that they love each other without saying it. Mm. Share a little kiss. Calder is still looking in the mirror and then Priest starts kind of reading the Bible. Kelly has absorbed all of the Satan aid (laughs) as the day starts to fade into night. Burek kind of monologues about how the street people and their possessed colleagues are all basically like the worker ants for Satan. Mm. And then... I thought there was going to be more
2: in that. Like, oh, there's a way to stop the connection between ants that we know about in
1: science so we can do this, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And then we get a conversation about kind of like why, you know, Satan would need us. And the book says that his purpose is to bring back the father from the dark side and that there could be limits to what he can do as a volume of liquid. I mean, that makes sense. I just love the phrasing of that. There could be limits to what he can do as a volume of liquid. Yeah. Great line. Yeah. It's fair. Liquid can't do a lot of things. He needs a host, right? So Walter chimes in about the changes that are kind of happening to Kelly, kind of keeping them informed. And Burek has kind of figured out that it's probably some type of gestation period. And then Catherine tells them about the mark on Kelly that she was chosen.
3: I feel like Walter probably should have told them what was going on with her earlier. Yeah, yeah. Well, like when he first started talking to them, because I, I mean, like
1: Kelly should have also mentioned the mark. Well, she did kind of. People did notice the bruise.
3: Yeah, I think Walter's letting the team down in the, in this particular. <laughs> Walter's letting sense. the whole
1: movie <laughs> all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly wakes and rises like Freddy Krueger's dream girl. If he were into adult pre where God is, he <laughs> wants to know where his God is. Kelly tries out her new brain powers and Walter freaks the fuck out. Lomax, Marsh, and Burak start to pull down the barricade because Kelly has, like, psychically sp- started to split the door that he's into the closet into.
2: That's cool. So How great. do they do that? Is it just, like, something in the wall that, like, they get to pop at once or something? Um,
1: it's probably just wires on the back of the door. So the door is already broken. It's scored. And then painted to look like it's not split. And then oh. it's just being pulled from the, from behind. So they start pulling down the, the barricade. Again, Victor Wong is just running around, not doing anything. Lisa and Susan start breaking into the closet. There's a lot of action in here. Kitchen crew opens the door, and then kind of Mullins is like right there. Burex like shakes up a can of beer and sprays him with the beer. Yeah. It's <laughs> just like, okay, you're just trying to get him back with liquid? <laughs> <laughs> and then Mullins, St. Ned's, Lomax. Before getting stabbed in the eye, Marsh goes out into the hall and knocks out Leahy as Walter climbs through the hall into the kitchen kind of just in time. Mm. Lisa and Susan grab at him and come through the wall as well. Burek and Walter beat the shit out of Lisa with bricks. That stunt woman is just taking one for the team. Oh, really? I mean, they're rubber bricks, but they are wailing on her. (laughs) Dude, the
2: physicality in this sequence, like with everyone
1: just getting wailed on, it's fucking dope. They end up like basically yeeting her out a window into the alleyway. (laughs) Kelly then spots a compact mirror on the floor and then picks it up and says, Father, she reaches into the mirror, but the mirror is too small. Mm. And we see her fingers reaching through to the darkness on the other side? Yeah, this is when I didn't pick up the mirror comment before. This is when I was like, what the fuck? Like,
2: right. Satan lives in on? mirrors.
3: Well, yeah.
1: he's on the dark side and you can get to it. Given the current circumstances, he's able to pass through whatever that is. So yeah. I don't need to
3: hide from mirrors. No, you should, from mirrors. <laughs> you should definitely
1: hide from mirrors. You should definitely. Do that.
2: General rule, don't say Candyman into it. Don't say a bunch of different names into Just a mirror. don't say
3: anything to a mirror. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: don't talk to mirrors. Why are you talking to mirrors? <laughs>
3: Kira, stop it. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> How do you think that they do this, her rich through the mirror? Uh, there's no okay, mirror okay. there, and she's just – but it reacts. There's a, like a liquid, silvery liquid that reacts to her hand going through it. I mean, I just thought that was really early CGI. 1987.
3: It's a tiny Petri dish of silver liquid. <laughs>
1: What is a silver reflective liquid? Probably should be able to figure this out. Aluminium that's melted down really hard. Oh, yeah, like liquid. <laughs> There's the, the, t T1000 mirror.
0: Mimetic polyalloy.
4: What the hell does that mean?
0: Liquid metal.
2: Why would I be able to figure this it's out? It's fucking mercury. Oh, that makes sense. It's liquid mercury. Because it's room temperature, it's liquid at room temperature. And the hand is a prosthetic
1: because mercury is fucking poisonous.
2: Yeah, it's yeah super poisonous. Well, really I wouldn't
1: to... have assumed that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other side of the mirror is just a blackout swimming pool. Oh, right. Right? Mm-hmm. But her reaching her hand in through the mirror is a pool of mercury. Wow. Wow. Yes. A pool a of bigger, mercury.
3: A bigger pool of mercury. Where yeah. are you getting
1: that much mercury from? <laughs> well, the big mirror is a com- there's a combination of different things. Sometimes right. it's just a bright light. Yeah, okay. Right. And it's yeah. when you see contact between the Yeah, so it's probably well. just like a couple of inches yeah, yeah, yeah. of, yeah. So, Carpenter tells this story that they had another way that they were going to do that and then it didn't work. They came up with the idea of using mercury and then they had to source some mercury. So, they sourced mercury by draining one of the one of the hydraulic systems of their dollies. <laughs> Has mercury in it. Yeah. Apparently,
2: I didn't realize mercury was a
1: hydraulic fluid. Wow, this is the story that Carpenter tells, and he tells he's told this story multiple times. Like every interview that I've seen about with John Carpenter about this movie, he tells that story.
3: So either they got it through some sort of nefarious means, and so (laughs) he came up with this story the mercury
1: Mercury black market to to
3: stop himself getting in trouble. (laughs) Oh, back in the day, they used to use mercury. Well, he always
1: ends the story by saying, "And then we put it back when we were done." Yeah. Bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on that. Marsh watches her... As she freaks out and break the compact because that mirror is too small. Calder is making a lot of noise in the boiler room with the big mirror because he can see farther, mm. which draws Kelly to the big mirror in the boiler room and that mirror starts to glow with light. I that's love the just a hole. The mirror is a hole and they are blasting a giant light through yeah. it, right? Back in the kitchen, Susan Radiola's just glasses. is <laughs> <laughs> fucking back body dropped through a window. Yeah. yeah that window. is That's, a, that's a wrestling move. That's a back body drop. Yeah. I, I I know. That's great. (laughs) Fun fact, John Carpenter met Alice Cooper for the very first time when they both attended WrestleMania.
0: It's WrestleMania. Get your ticket to the greatest sports entertainment post-circuit TV spectacular of all time. Mr. T risks it all wrestling for the first time. Teaming up with champion Hulk Hogan versus Rowdy Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Thorndorf.
1: Just
3: time to live a Hey, <laughs> that's fantastic.
1: Because John Carpenter's super into wrestling, which explains the back body drop. Yeah. Kelly reaches through the mirror, starts to reach through the mirror as Priest finds an axe. Marsh kind of comes into the room, grabs Calder, Drags him out into the into the hallway. Priest kind of steps up to bat, cuts off Kelly's arm, and it floats away into the darkness. But it's okay because she just lizards that shit back. Yeah, that yeah.
2: was dope. Also, great. fucking priest, man. Fucking priest. He fucks up in two ways here. First of all, he picks up the axe, then yells something as he charges well, towards he,
1: her. He basically does the power of Christ compels you. Yeah, like shut the but fuck up.
2: Shut the fuck up and
1: just hit hit him with the axe. Maybe. And second of all. Go for the head. Well, he does go for the head. He cuts off her head, and she just picks it up and puts it back on. No, yep. no. It's this superb. is Don't go for the neck. Go for the head. Go for the head. Okay, yeah, I got you. <laughs> I love the, the – he cuts off her – she just picks up the head and puts it back yeah, on. Yeah, it is great. It's great. It's fantastic. Calder is throwing Marsh around. Again, there's a lot of, like, kind of pro-wrestling action happening. And then Kelly reaches through the mirror again. Father, come to freedom. Ah, no. Mother's hand starts coming back, reaching for her. And it's a fucking red cloven claw. Mm. Like, it is a classic. It's a classic Satan. It's original flavor Satan. Yeah, not, none of this liquid bullshit. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yep. It's actual Satan.
1: Catherine comes out into the hall. She runs to help Marsh, but then sees Kelly in the boiler room. And then the hand starts to come through the mirror into our world. She kind of doesn't know what to do. And then she makes a decision. She runs at Kelly and shoves them both through the mirror. Fucking hero. Yeah. Fucking hero. Priest throws the axe. It shatters the mirror. And Marsh screams, no. Oh, What's fascinating is the geography of this. He's out in the fucking hallway. There's actually no way he yep, can see into I thought room. so. <laughs> I fucking thought so. But Carpenter plays it like he can and it works. Yeah. It just He's works. He's like
2: past the door. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. went out
1: and fought in the hallway. He yeah. can't see into that room. Yeah. He doesn't know what's happening in that room. Well Maybe played. he hears the mirror break, but he mm. doesn't know that, that Catherine just... He doesn't even know tuckled.
2: that like really anyone's going
1: through the mirror. No, not at yeah. all. Yeah. But, it, but Carpenter just plays it, like, plays the emotion instead of the logic, yeah. right? And it works. It does work. Like, it actually works. And then on the other side, of in the on the dark side of the mirror, we see Catherine reaching up for our world as it goes dark.
5: Mm. Apparently,
1: this was kind of dicey to shoot because they were shooting it in a pool. blacked out pool yeah. where they were turning the lights off. Right. And she was weighted down in that pool. Yeah. so that apparently that was a little claustrophobic for her, yeah, a little we'll be. scary because yeah. she's in the dark. On our side, we see the vapor of the satanade leave all the possessed people. Walter jumps out the window to go for help because the street people have just gone back to their lives. They've got a story to tell. Yeah. <laughs> Remember those two days where we were possessed and just stood around <laughs> at church? and Just like played with ants and shit. Yeah. Cops and fire trucks arrived. It's all over. Priest tells Burek that they did it, they saved the world, they stopped it. The future that they saw won't come to pass. Burek comforts Marsh, who is fucking devastated just staring at that broken mirror. And they're safe for now, but they need to remember that he's just waiting there on the other side. Mm.
3: And they have to explain to the cops how, how these people died in the church.
1: I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure there was a whole whole debacle. You would think. Last stream. We get the whole message this time. But the vision has changed uh, because coming out of the church is Catherine and it's fucking amazing. The shot of her kind of handheld zoomy shot of her sweeping out of the entrance of this church with her arms spread wide, like Jesus Christ is like fucking amazing. Yeah. Marsh wakes up, but it's a fake wake up. Kelly's in bed next to him. He wakes up again. He walks over to a mirror, touches his face and then reaches out to touch the mirror's surface. And right before he's about to make contact, we cut to black. I fucking love a JC <laughs> ambiguous ending. John Carpenter, motherfucking Prince of Darkness.
3: Yeah, Is you made it so far anyway? through the podcast without calling him JC again. Yeah, I know. I had
2: to do it. Question: Are all his are all of his movies ended in a semi-ambiguous way? No, really. Just the ones that you've seen
1: and liked. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. I love. I love it. Yeah, I love. I love his. I love a brutal cut to darkness. Yeah, I love an ambiguous cut to darkness. I love that one of my favourite things about cinema is that gut punch cut to black and then we sit in the dark for a moment Mm. and think about all of our life choices before Before the credits credits start start to roll. Yeah, it's the best. And he does that better than fucking anybody. He absolutely does that better than anybody. This film fits in his filmography into a very loosely titled Apocalypse Trilogy with The Thing and In the Mouth of Madness. Okay. Both All three of those movies are kind of loosely thematically apocalyptic and have, like, ambiguous cut to black gut punch endings. Okay. But, like, even The Fog has a semi-ambiguous ending. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, his other movies that are more like, like Big Trouble in Little China – Kind of doesn't, you know, Escape from New York doesn't, and yeah, again, he doesn't. These g- movies so long ago, he knows how to end a movie. Like he just knows yeah. how, how to how to leave you with a leave you with a feeling in that cut to black.
2: Yeah, yep, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. Even the original, the end of the original Halloween, the end of the original Halloween ends with a montage of empty spaces and the sound of Michael breathing, and then we yeah. cut to black.
3: Forgot <sighs> so cool. about that. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's so good. Which I give a lot of credit to Carpenter, but also uh, Tommy Lee Wallace. Tommy Lee Wallace was instrumental in because he was the editor of that movie. One of the editors in that movie, he's instrumental in creating that out of odds and ends. Those are all like those are the starts and ends of takes. Oh, really? Yeah. Those are all like those are all just bits and pieces of like shots of empty houses and hallways and things, and then they just laid they laid the sound of Michael breathing over it to like create the ending of that movie. That's fantastic. That's mad. Something that happened in editing. Yeah. Wow. An appropriate age to have seen John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. I don't Definitely think
3: it's, not a kid's movie. Yeah, but I don't
1: think it's that troubling. There's a few bits that are.
3: Yeah, we always approach this differently. Uh, from the perspective <laughs> of um, entertainment, I think older, like teenager. Yeah. Um,
2: I think I think at least minimum 13 to actually be entertained
1: by this movie.
5: Yeah, I think so
3: for
1: sure. I think it plays better for an audience that is just starting to question their own existence.
3: <laughs> yeah. like yeah. starting
1: to have opinions about existence. Yeah, yeah so like so 16
3: were, that, that, that what, time where you start 16?
1: Yeah, like early Try on. like 12 or 13 12 or yeah. 13. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. thinking
3: that time that period of time where you start like quoting start the niche, the niche, Nietzsche and
1: <laughs> oh yeah because we all do that yeah y-
3: you know you know how the high schools go through that stage where they yeah. they, they think they're yeah. all like super we got it all I, out. Yeah, yeah we've got it all figured out and and oh the, the system's corrupt and, yeah. and this is how things should be and yeah. the adults have ruined everything that's like 15, 16 is yeah. when you yeah. start going so
1: I think it plays a little earlier than that I think, so, I think it starts playing when you start asking those questions mm-hmm. yeah, not, true, when, you, not when you think that you have those answers yeah yeah true. You yeah, yeah, well right. said. We talked about that you guys have probably forgotten that I didn't see this movie until 2020. Yeah, that's
3: right. So yeah. I
1: didn't experience this movie when I was younger. I don't know if I would have been uh, as into this movie. I might have been a little bit more dismissive of this movie if I'd seen it as a, as a teenager because I was way more into, like, Escape from New York. Yeah. Yeah, and
3: the, plus and it and does the, take a long film. time to get to the kind of exciting conclusion. The first hill is um, long.
2: I'm surprised that you like this more than The Fog, to be honest, I, I think.
1: just. Think it's more tightly c- controlled. I hear you on that. I hear. On on I, I feel like the fog is more fun, though. Ah, uh, th- I told you that the, the the thing that takes me out of the fog is like just how cheap the ghost stuff looks.
2: Yeah, but think about how little the. See, th- I know you don't think it affects the film, but what takes me out of this one is how the characters are dealt yeah, with. Understand
1: that is something that I'm willing to. I don't think the characters are that. I mean, there is good. Work in the fog. I agree. Between Jamie Lee Curtis and Tom Atkins, I don't think that anybody else is really has a lot of depth. It's anything. interesting.
3: Normally, the lack of character stuff that you're talking about in this movie um, would bother me. That's usually the kind of thing that bugs me the most because I, I like characters is yeah, the whole thing for me. That's your entry but point. Yeah, but for some reason, that didn't bother me with this movie.
2: Well, yeah, like like we've said, I don't think it affects the film yeah. too much, but I still think it would have been. I'm I mean, sure it's a it would have been a yeah. better film It probably could have been better with more money as well yeah. but like I feel yeah, like it just, would have been a better film with yeah. that. Yeah, it's just yeah. Inter-
3: having it pointed out by you. It's just it is it's interesting that that's not something that I bumped on during the movie. Normally if I don't yeah. get into the characters then half an hour into the movie I'm like Oh no, this is going to be a slog because I don't care about any of you people. But what it did pull you into the movie? This I don't know. I think I just liked it.
2: The mystery
3: for me. I, I think maybe the, the long my- ramp yeah, up is. Maybe what got it was made. just like the mystery and Alice Cooper and yeah. like some of the imagery and stuff. Just I was I was in the movie, which is yeah, it's unusual for me if I'm not attached to the characters at all, which I kind of wasn't.
1: One of the things that's kind of interesting is is that the characters aren't distinct until a lot of them are dead true that's right? so fascinating like Calder doesn't step out from the pack until he starts laugh crying all the yeah. time right? yeah. Mullins has got his broken neck Leahy is he's like limping around like he's in pain all the that's time that's interesting dead. man so there's everybody kind of like makes choices as they're, as their dead characters that are more distinct than when they were, al- than when they were alive yeah
3: because when they're alive they're just students because
1: when they're alive yeah. they're just students we're gonna we're gonna keep moving on would you watch this movie again of your own free will
3: yes
2: yeah I would it wouldn't be my first to revisit for John Carpenter Um, but I would if I was definitely doing like a horror marathon or like a John Carpenter marathon. Yeah,
3: yeah, it'd be a good one to have in in the mix for sure.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think for me, part of the appeal and one of the reasons I like it so much is a little bit of recency bias. It's because it's new for me. I found a new John Carpenter movie. Yeah, interesting. I've seen every John Carpenter movie, pretty much every John Carpenter movie, and I've seen them all lots and lots of times. Mm. So I got something fresh. And so therefore it's it's risen quite significantly in my estimation of it because it's new to me. Yeah. And I do wonder if I feel the same way in 10 years. Do you do is this the movie you were saying that you think is having a bit of a moment at the moment? Yeah, I think that I think I don't think it's having a moment the way that we think a movie's having a moment in the zeitgeist, but I think that people that do but what I can see is a trend in people that have come back and revisit it recently, where they go, "Oh fuck, this is actually kind of great," and I didn't yeah, know okay. if it was that it was great. I think people like Carpenter are rediscovering it. I don't think it's getting broader than that. Yeah, right. I Think right, if you're right. into Carpenter, this movie suddenly goes up. Yeah, right. And if you're not into Carpenter, then it's like it's just another movie. Just yeah, not okay. A rating for this movie: the way that we rate movies is on a five-star scale, with one being I hated this movie, two being I did not like this movie, two and a half being I liked parts of this movie, it was fine. Three being I like this movie, four being I love this movie, and five being this is one of my favorite movies of all time.
3: I'm tossing up between a three and a three point five.
1: Same, same. I want to give it a three point five because
2: it's John Carpenter, but I don't. I, I think I'm doing that just because it's John Carpenter. It's Going like, by, do by the I rating,
3: love parts of this movie.
2: Yeah. That's the question. Going by the rating scheme, I like this movie as as a whole. I like this movie. There are parts that I like more than others, but I don't think I love parts of this movie. Mm. I love some of the choices of this movie, but I still don't know if that gets me to a 3.5. Mm. I'll give it a three for now.
3: You're not going to tell me your score until I tell you mine. <laughs> Absolutely not. <sighs> I'm going to stick with three until Keen gives me his score and then I'll have a to a
1: 3.5. How dare you? Four and a half. Four and, and a half. half. It's on its way to being one of my favorite movies of all time. Wow. It's not quite there yet because there are so many movies that I know my favorite movies of all time.
2: But how does this rate in the, like, I know you're saying it, it's, it's got a bias because it's new, but it's how real do, high. in the John Carpenter
1: catalog, I mean, okay, the, the, in the John Carpenter catalog, like, Almost all of his, like I told you, there's like one movie of his that I don't really like. There's a couple that I like, I think are like, eh, that's okay. But most of them lean on the scale of like a four or a five. Yeah, okay. Like most Carpenter movies. I think I gave The Fog a 3.5 because I love parts of it. Yeah. And as I said to you, that's like, that's a fairly low low rating for a John Carpenter movie for me. Most of them are fours or or fives. Yeah, okay. So this is a 4.5. It's on the way to being one of my favorite movies of all time. I just love it. I just like all the ideas in it. I love the execution. Carpenter, love the way it looks. I love the way (laughs) Carpenter moves the camera. The craft is exquisite. I honestly think- The ideas are really strong in it. I honestly (sighs) think that Carpenter is- It's different than- So the fog is, and again, I talked about it being bookmarks a million years ago when we started this podcast. (laughs) The fog is- semi-experienced filmmaker trying something extremely ambitious maybe before Mm. they were ready to do it this is a director a filmmaker knowing exactly what they want to do within the budget that they have and executing it at the absolute top of their game
2: i do like the idea that you said last week when you were like these are just ideas that he wants to put to film and he's making them all being in a movie,
1: yeah, yeah, it's just it is cool. Just connecting dots together, yeah, about interests and things, and like then an the ancient the technology,
2: the, the the idea of like differential equations before we knew what they were—they're all really cool yeah. ideas.
1: And it all just comes from him, like reading about quantum physics, and yeah. then also being really interested in religion. Like yeah. he's fascinated by religion. Like, oh, that's in lots of his movies. Yeah, this mad. is not the only movie where the Catholic Church is keeping a dark secret yeah. <laughs> that he made. That he made.
3: I'm bumping it back up to the 3.5. three point five. I think 3.5. it is.
1: It, but I have also thought about um, it and it's
3: like I really like short periods of time movies or movies where you are all in one location mm. which is actually also probably part of the reason why despite the fact the characters didn't grab me as much as you would expect mm. I still really liked it because it does have those elements that I really like in movies I love short period of time movies yeah, and I love all of the action happening in one location movies so I think I do in fact love parts of this movie
1: yeah there you go. next week
3: next week your turn. <gasps> it is? Yeah. I kept thinking that.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have a whole spiel.
2: Yeah,
3: that no, we real. always react to whose turn it is before well, I you. I wish you wouldn't do that.
1: <laughs> Kira and I get excited
2: We about do. It's,
3: it's, it's like our favourite part.
1: <laughs> the way that we pick movies is that Kira and Brody alternate taking turns from a pick of three choices I prepared from the store. This week is, in fact, Brody's pick. They stepped on it because they're sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> If a movie remains unpicked for three times, it is struck out and taken off the list, although I can bring it back at a dead date of my choosing. Still on the list are, with one strike each, Zone Troopers.
3: Oh, yeah! Zone
1: Troopers.
0: Aliens crashed and lost on a strange planet called Earth. Only one man can save them. Facing an enemy he's never even seen before. Listen, I figured the eight of us could catch him in the meadow with those fancy ray guns. We will not help you kill your own kind. zone troopers—they're used to fighting Nazis, but this is ridiculous.
3: That so, sounds like a good time. That really does. Charles sound
1: sound like Band a good time. does AC Comics. Oh
3: yeah, Charles Band. Yeah. You did say you wanted another I Charles know, Band. I've
1: been movie. missing the boy. And then Jamie LaCortis. Oh, that's right. In Australian Oz oh, Classic. Yeah. Both such good Road
0: choices. Road games. Road games. What the hell? The, the truck driver plays games. The hitchhiker plays games. Aren't you kind of young to be hitchhiking out here all by yourself?
3: Aren't you kind of old to be picking me up?
0: And a killer is playing the deadliest game of all. I mean, look at that
2: fucking outfit she's got on in (laughs)
5: there.
2: Fucking queen. Yep,
1: sleazy Hitchcock in the outback. Oh, such good choices. Don't fuck me
3: again. (laughs) Oh, he's going to. He always does.
1: Yeah, I am. <laughs>
5: yeah, sorry.
1: There's, I was going to be like, oh, I would never do that to you. But no, I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> it's all right. It's, it's all right. right. It's you ready? okay. I love it. I love it. Do it to me. I have your consent. <laughs> yes,
3: you do. You two are problems. <laughs>
1: New this week. Yeah. I present to you the one and the only Ninja 3, The Domination. Oh,
0: He is the most feared and powerful warrior. A ninja who breaks from ancient tradition and explodes onto America. His soul possesses the body of an innocent woman and transforms her into a lethal assassin. only hope, the master ninja. Where revenge of the ninja left off, Ninja 3 begins. An epic struggle of superhuman strength and supernatural forces. Ninja 3, the domination.
3: I would imagine if this is called Ninja 3... There is, in fact,
1: other movies.
3: Called Ninja 1 and Ninja
1: 2? No. Oh. Called Enter the Ninja and Revenge of the Ninja.
3: And then Ninja 3. So the does Domination. It, is there going to be any kind of problem with the fact that we have not seen the previous Ninja movies? None whatsoever. Fantastic.
1: Kira? It is a canon film.
3: Oh. oh. Kira, canon, me- Charles Band or Jamie Lee Curtis?
2: <laughs> let me explain to you what I'm looking at on this case. First of all... It is a basically a painted ninja face on the top. And then a very 80s looking woman with like just a shirt and holding a ninja sword. And then on the back, there's photos. Do not read. No, I'm not reading. I'm just describing the photos. There's photos of, you know, ninja stuff, someone getting stabbed. But then there's two other photos. There's one of what probably is our protagonist, the woman ninja spewing out a gas from her mouth. Okay. And then Very muscular men, a very muscular man wrapped up in arm in arm with her. That is obviously quite a uh, heavy love scene, which made me realise that this is an R-rated movie.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I see. Wow. Okay.
2: Yeah. What are number
1: one and two like? Different. Is this a very large departure from from one and two? Let's just say that they're sequels in name only, which Uh, is why we are watching Ninja Three: The Domination. Shit, they yeah. have a they have an actor that is in all three movies, but
2: um, the movies
1: are never connected to each other. If we pick Ninja Three, The
2: Domination, Road Games, or Zone Troopers, one of them will that not is be true. watched. That is true. But if we choose Road Games or Zone Troopers,
3: then everything it's still possible that we table. can
2: watch every one of these. That is also true. Until there's something else on the list that's I know, shining I that shining know, I know. Road Games looks like a fairly quality movie.
3: Does it? It It does. It's the next choices. (sighs) So I think that you're a bit much of a muchness on the wacky choices front.
2: It would be fun to watch an Australian (laughs) movie. It would be fun to see ourselves. I
3: mean, we haven't done that yet, have we? We haven't done that yet.
2: No, we've not watched an Australian film yet.
3: The closest was a New Zealand film.
2: Yeah, Bad Taste, yeah. I mean, Zone Troopers is going to be a fucking wild time.
3: I think that you should pick between Road Games and Zone Troopers purely so that we have an opportunity to possibly get all three.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm down um, with that. because
3: I, I believe that you will pick Ninja at some point. I agree. Um because that's, that's it's definitely you, gonna be my next right? choice. Yeah.
2: I'm always about changing it up. Let's go Zone Troopers.
3: We were very excited about the we the, the promo for that when we, we saw it a long time ago. And the more
2: I think about it, the more I wanna watch. Something about craziness. the way
3: the, the art of the front cover feels like
2: like almost like 1950s style. A
3: little bit 1950s style, a little bit like uh
2: GI Joe.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Something about it reminds me of GI well, Joe. GI
1: Joe is from the same era. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Fantastic. Zone Troopers it is. Yeah.
1: Zone Troopers don't come back next week don't like don't subscribe don't do anything save the internet do not ingest the liquid satanade
2: but do but follow do, us
3: um, you keep,
1: yeah don't not the satanade but like the other
2: things yeah do the
3: other things yeah. follow us on weekly video no, actually, and leave us a review so that we can hear more of Brody's tantalizing no, tales do the satanade
1: let's all do the satanade <laughs> or let's all do you can do, 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 do it I'll do it a closer no you first
3: <laughs> don't drink satanade
2: <laughs> you should though Wait, where do I stand on this? <laughs> <laughs>
3: and uh, liquid Satan. <laughs>